Barzell. He's behind the defense. Pat Barzell scores. Away they go. Barzell scores. Barzell scores. Barzell scores. Away goes Horvath again. What a move by Horvath. Scores. Oh, Horvath. Bovillier breaking. What a move. What a play. What a goal. With, the, there. with that sound, you guys know what that means. It's time for another episode of the Clapper Report, a hockey podcast where a depressed Islanders fan and a Canucks fan talk about the news around the league and rumors surrounding the various teams. This is Justin here, alongside my boy Damien. And just to clarify, we are not Jeff Merrick or Elliot Friedman. But before we get started, we ask that you please follow and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And also, we ask if you can follow us on Instagram as well at The Clapper Report. That's T-H-E-C-L-A-P-P-E-R-R-E-P-O-R-T. Interact with us. Leave us some comments. Slide in the DMs. Let's get the conversation flowing. So, Damien, how you doing? Hey, man. <laughs> I'm doing great. So, um, you guys probably heard it was a little bit of a different noise. It wasn't a, a beer crack. <laughs> Um, that was actually the pop of a champagne bottle, because uh, today, for the first time ever, we're bringing you the Mimosa Special. <laughs> so uh, we're recording actually Saturday, well, afternoon now, basically. Yeah, I was and running a bit late because I'm a herb. No, 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 we're good, we're good. So uh, we figured, uh, you know, we don't want to do beers this early in the morning. So Well, uh, I do, but you know. Well, no, no. So, well, we, we originally planned on doing it a little bit earlier, but uh, I had some shit come up at home, and so I had to wait a little bit, but... Um, you could do that because I don't want to be yeah. responsible for but, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, while I pour, I can't talk, I don't think. Yeah, so uh, no, this should be an interesting one. Um, it's definitely a somber one for me, at least. I was uh, yeah. at least waking up. I was like, we really have to record and talk about what just happened. <laughs> but uh, it's part of the gig, you know, if uh, if uh, the team could do post-game interviews directly after the game, I guess I can mm. record my podcast. The, the as long after. as you don't cry like them. Hot dude, that was... That was horrible to watch. Like I, I you know, and that, that actually bad. sparked like an argument online about it. What? <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, well, I'll bring that up later when we're talking right. about it. But, Sounds uh, good. No, I'm good. I'm great. I mean, you know, obviously a little sad, um, but uh, I, I'm definitely optimistic about this team. Um, outside of that, you know, my girlfriend's uh, birthday just yesterday. So yeah. happy birthday, Caitlin. Yes, happy birthday. Uh, so it's been a great weekend. Um, no, a great week. Now should be a great weekend. And, uh, yeah, man, how about you? How was your week? Uh, yeah, my week uh, was probably one of the longest weeks of my life for no reason at all. Um, my summer course is ending on Wednesday, so that's pretty chill. I have, I just have to do my last presentation on Tuesday, and I still haven't started any research for it. So um, I'm pretty behind. <laughs> and uh, I'm busy after we after I leave today, and my grandma's coming tomorrow. So, oh, uh, yeah, so I don't think I'm going to have a lot of time. I'm probably just going to do it all Monday night and uh, – half-ass it so but after that so i'm gonna put a lot into the next episode um just a little sneak peek we're thinking about doing a little mock draft um considering the first round's almost shaken out now or the first well the draft order is shaken up almost now um so yeah, the last two would be interchangeable but outside of that yeah exactly so uh yeah so look for that that might be next week maybe the week after um see so yeah, man i'm ready to get started 
Yeah, yeah, me too. So um, I guess what we'll do is Hardcore Song of the Week first. Oh, shoot. Yeah, I completely forgot. I scrolled yeah. past it reading the intro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, so uh, Hardcore Song of the Week. Um, I went with a with a band that I actually referenced last week. Didn't pick their song, but I definitely said that uh, <laughs> not a fan of the mimosa. I'm not used to mimosas. I'm used to beer because I'm, I'm fat. I know. <laughs> Uh, I, I referenced this band Counterparts, uh, saying that uh, the band I picked last week sounded like them, so I figured what else then uh, put them on here. Uh, I went with the song Choke, kind of like an older album of theirs, um, but still one of my favorite bands, basically of all time. They're, you know, they're they're, they're that uh, they're that, that 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 crappy hardcore. They're screaming in your face, man. I mean, I don't know. say what you want about this band Counterparts. I know they're not the fan favorite for a lot of people, but I enjoy this band. I didn't know that they had so much hate. They do, dude. At least online. A lot of people make fun of them. They're like, oh, they're I think you're like... just stuck on Twitter, man. You got to get off Twitter. Well, you keep bringing up shit that's pissing you off and you're projecting, man. Dude, I think I think <laughs> that honestly this week um, being on Twitter has been uh, detrimental to my uh, to myself here because uh, I've been in quite the mood, you know, from people on Twitter and their stupid takes on everything. Yeah, I didn't even know it extended to counterparts. So that's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> well, it's been a thing for years for them. I know that the the singer is pretty famous on Twitter. Oh yeah, Brandon. Brandon, yeah, yeah, he's dope. I like that guy. Yeah, I should follow him on TikTok now. He's actually weak. <laughs> um, so the the hardcore song of the week for me is uh, that, that was my reaction. Yeah, yeah, this is actually kind of crappy. <laughs> I got some Millers in there if we ever. Get oh, okay, of them. sick. Yeah, I might have to grab one. We might have to do an intermission and do a little. <laughs> um, what's it called? So uh, yeah, the song that I picked is "Between the World and You" by this band called Time and Pressure. Um, I only just listened to Time and Pressure for the first time um, this week, actually. And they just released this, like, a two-song uh, demo single thing or whatever. Um, I think it was Thursday that they released it. It's pretty good. Uh, it's the kind of hardcore that I like. Crazy guitars that... So it's pretty fun, pretty dancey, pretty chill. And uh, so, yeah, you guys should check them out. Yes, yes. And as I mentioned last week um i am now finally updating our spotify playlist to put these songs on there. oh you are now yeah yeah so uh you can find all the songs that we you know talk about for our, our song of the week and uh our hardcore song of the week i should say on our spotify playlist just look up the clap report i might rename it to uh but we'll announce that last not next week um maybe uh maybe what's called on wednesday because i took off of work that day um i also have a vacation i don't think i mentioned so that's pretty cool I'm not going anywhere, but I got a vacation from work, so I'm not going to chase kids down the expressway. Um, but uh, but see, yeah, maybe I could go through like the first few minutes of every episode and like. I know we're gonna have it. to go through time here, right? Yeah, man. Almost a year. I know. Well, it was crazy. I I forgot if I, I what number it was. I think it was 47. Yeah, it was 47 that this episode is. We're three away from our. Uh, well, like half centennial episode. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Like it's pretty crazy. That's crazy so uh thank you guys for listening this far if you have <laughs> yeah so uh yeah we appreciate it but uh we'll give our thanks at the end yes yes once we hit that 50 <laughs> all right so uh let's get over to hockey um yeah. there was a bit of news you know outside of uh playoff hockey that i i think is important for us to talk about um yeah let's jump right into it so uh the expansion team uh team the the kraken they uh, they finally did it. They finally um, announced who their head coach is going to be. Um, I think it's Dave, right? Dave Hackstall. No. Oh no. No, I don't. Wait. Yeah, I was actually just looking it up. I know because uh, we're already starting off bad, guys. I know oh, no. we're already a shitty podcast. Dave. Dave. 
I said David. Did you? I knew. Did you say Dave? I think so. Oh shit! I I need. I mean, well, so I read it a couple of times, so I I hope that I remembered it was Dave. We're gonna have to go back and edit. No I'm kidding. Uh, we'll keep yeah, it in. Right. You know, we're, we're authentic here. But uh, Dave Haxtell is hired as the head coach for them, and uh, I really didn't remember him too much. Um, I did know that he was the head coach of Philly, and I, I looked at his record, and uh, he didn't do too hot, man. <laughs> I think he was only three seasons there with the Flyers and uh, it didn't really end well. And then the, the season that he was fired in, it was, um, you know, I think it was last season and he, you know, the team eventually made the run into the playoff bubble and uh, were eventually knocked out in the second round by the Islanders. So they were able to make some type of a run. Um, but then again, the team did go back to mediocrity the season after. So was it always his fault? I don't know. But, he has a fresh slate now, you know, he can install his team. He can install what he wants to do in this fresh organization. So, uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see what he does for them. Yeah. I mean, he was pretty on and off, um, in Philly and, uh, I don't know, man, it was just a weird choice. Cause I mean, he isn't who everyone thought. Everyone thought it was gonna be Rick Tockett. Yeah. I felt like that was a big talk and there was quite an, like an, an outburst on social media about the decision to go with tax law. Yeah. I haven't seen one person say it was a good decision. Yeah. Everyone's been pretty surprised by everyone. And Seattle fans are like, you know, I'm i I'm a new fan, but I was just waiting for a bad decision. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? Yeah, you got it. Cause I mean, I, I mean, but we don't know. He hasn't coached in a few years in like four years. I think it was three or four years. So, I mean, we don't know. Maybe he's adapted to the game, uh, but I don't know, man. Yeah, maybe the maybe they had some talks in their meeting then and, and know some further information than we know about him. But uh I guess we'll have to see how that pans out. But uh Kraken officially have their first head coach. Yeah, and uh you know, I wish them all the best, but I also don't because they will be an hour away from Vancouver. So <laughs> people yeah. are they're already trying to pick fights with Vancouver fans, so Yeah, already on the on Twitter, even though I they don't even have it. they don't even have a roster, so <laughs> <laughs> I think they have one player, right? Didn't they sign one guy? I don't know. I could be totally true. I think they did. Yeah, I think they signed one guy, like some no name, like AHL guy, like months ago. Kind of like a Reed Duke when the Vegas Golden Knights said that, and everyone was like, "Hey, he's our best Golden Knight." And it's like, <laughs> come on, <laughs> get, get a different original. joke. Yeah, get real original. <laughs> exactly. Good job there, guys. You did a good job on that one. Yeah. So, um, yeah, man. I don't know. Uh, it should be interesting and. Uh, Hopefully he can reinvigorate or invigorate whichever uh, his head coaching career. Yeah, yeah. But uh, moving on here, uh, I see that we have the awards listed off. Do you want to uh, you want to cover this one for us? Yeah, man. Uh, so the uh, there were three awards I want to talk about. There were a couple others, but I didn't think that it meant anything um, for the most part. <laughs> uh, one's the Mark Messier Leadership Award and fuck Messier, um, which we'll get to in a minute. <laughs> um, but so Alexander Barkov or Sasha Barkov. He won this, uh, the Selkie Trophy uh, about fucking time. I mean, he's been in conversations for a few years now. And uh, finally, man, he's he he won it. And uh, now he now he's earned the right to be a repeat winner because now they're going to have on the, him on the ballot every year and he's going to win every year, just like uh, Patrice Bergeron was um, huge point producer. He carried the Panthers. And uh, I mean, I know because he was on my fantasy team and he was fucking killer for me. Uh so yeah, I'm really hyped for him. Uh, he's one of my favorite players in the league. He was massively underrated for years, man. And uh, I'm glad now that he's finally getting the recognition that he deserves. Yeah, I mean, 
Greg got to win the award. I know when it was announced, you were quite excited and hoping that he was. I was bugging out. Yeah. So uh, yeah, you know, congratulations to him, and and glad that he was the one who took the award. Um, next one is the Lady Bing Award, and I went to Jacob Slavin of the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, you know, he's a solid defenseman, really reliable, great player that anyone would want to have on their team. And he only took one minor penalty this year, and uh, it was for a trip, I believe. And uh, so it's like, you know, yeah, so it's like, and you know, minute cruncher too, or minute muncher, minute cruncher, whatever your preferred adjective is or verb. Uh, it's a verb. I should go back to ELA 9. Um, and so, yeah, so he's a massive minute muncher, and he only let up one penalty. And uh, that's the kind of person that you want to win the award. Um, one of the finalists was Austin Matthews, and everyone was – there was a whole shitstorm about it um, because of his previous in- incident uh, when he was in Arizona, I think, what was it, a year and a half ago or something like that? Do you remember that? Um, no, can you refresh me here? I can't remember. Oh, shit. Let me see if I remember. Um, I was kind of hoping that you did. Um, no, but it was, um, he was intoxicated. He was really drunk and he like ripped his pants off in front of a female security guard somewhere and like exposed himself. And, uh, and so, you know, a lot of people are like, that's disorderly conduct. You know, it's like, that's not somebody who should be winning, uh, the lady Bing who (laughs) was like gentlemanly conduct and sportsmanship. And so, especially a lot of, um, Female reporters were saying how, like, I would never pick him to win this award because of that. And then, you know how, again, toxic Twitter can be. I think this is the the theme for the episode. And it's just, you know, they took that and they're like, how dare you say that he's toxic? Rah, rah, rah. And they were like going off. It's like, there's nothing wrong with ripping your pants off in front of a female yeah, security guard. Wait, it's like, so, what? <laughs> you know, so, was I right? I think I was right. Yeah. Austin Matthews, the star player of the NHL's uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, is facing a disorderly conduct charge in Scottsdale stemming from a May incident in which a security guard claims he dropped his pants and grabbed his butt through his underwear after she confronted him according to a police support uh police report yeah <laughs> dude what the hell i mean he was 21 at the time and that doesn't excuse his conduct but um if you're a 21 year old nhl superstar think about you when you were 21 would you walk up to a police officer take your pants off and grab your tush <laughs> well no i wouldn't do that personally but if you think about it, you know, he's like, I'm about to be the next star of the NHL. So I don't know. It's it, There's no excuse for that. That, that was actually terrible. But uh, yeah, no, he definitely doesn't deserve a, a lady being, especially for no, of course conducting not. himself like that. And uh, any Leaf fan, uh, you're more of a homer than I am for the Islanders. So yeah. Um, one last thing, and then we'll transition to you yeah, being yeah, a yeah. homer um, is, <laughs> is uh, you know, I think the mustache says it all. With Matthews, oh yeah, <laughs> you know? he just looks like a sleazy dirtbag. He does, but I still, I still do love him. I can't even. Well, besides that incident, no. Okay, let me say, I love him as a player. Yes. I should say that I think he's one of the best players in the and, league. And, and he more than likely grew up from that situation. So I mean, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. And people, yeah. And I know I was just saying when you were twenty one, were you doing that? But it's like you know, I mean, he was twenty one, but still, it doesn't excuse it. Just hope that he learned from it. Um, speaking of you being a homer, so the GM of the year, I think we had a little bit of a discussion about this when it was announced. Um. The GM of the year has been named as Lou Lamorello. Yeah, and, uh, back to back, baby. It was back to back, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I don't know how I feel about it, to be honest. Well, and you know what? You expect me to be the homer, the homer, and I'll get to that later on in the episode. But uh, I almost agree with you. I mean, trust me, I'm happy that Lamorello won the award. Of I'm, course, I'm surprised that you almost agree with me. No, but I. What did he do this off season? I mean, yeah, he he resigned Barzell. But um, 
I think that was only what a three year contract. So it's not like he uh, he locked him in long term. And then uh, I guess he he literally just brought back the same team. Yeah, he literally just brought back the same exact team, which I, I guess is um, you know a good thing. And then and then he had a um, he traded a first and, and a couple of you know not really great prospects. You know, for for rentals. So I mean, I, I guess that qualifies you to be the best GM. <laughs> I wouldn't say so, um, but uh, hell, I'll take it. You know, GM of the year award again for uh, Lou. Let's go. Hopefully, he wins it a third time after he uh, revamps his team in the offseason. Yeah. See, for me, I think the other two were a lot better um, suited. Whoa. Mark Bert, Mark no, Bergevin no, of the Montreal. No, he doesn't deserve that. Are, are you serious? The no. way, see, now you're not even letting no. me finish. Okay. Okay. No, keep going. Sorry. How aggressive he was in the offseason, the Canadian, the Canadians offseason. They signed Tyler Defoley, right? Signed Tyler. Wait, wait, wait. They signed him from free agency. They also signed Corey Perry. They also uh, traded for Eric Stahl. But he's played such a role in that team. Corey You're not even watching Perry. the games. You're not even watching the fucking games. Now I'm going to call you out. I, now I'm no, going to I'm watching I, all of them. The play, uh, the the semis, I watched two of them. Did you watch any of the conference ones against oh, the, Vegas? Yeah, the semis. The com- oh, well, the semis, yeah. I watched oh, the ones two that, of the games. Okay. Yeah. okay, but Corey Perry plays such an integral piece yeah, to that bottom man, six. He is a really good piece, and I hate Corey Perry. I do. But he has played such a good, important okay. piece All in right, this I'll team. I'll give you that. I'll give you right? that. Right? Then he brought in, um, sorry, Tyler Toffoli, which uh, that d- speaks for itself, right? He signed him in free agency, right? Hear me out then. When he traded for Eric Stahl, dude, come on. All that I was a good trade. This. That All was a really good trade this. and reinvigorated the bottom six to make them deeper. All I will say is this. We wouldn't be having this conversation about them being in the Stanley Cup finals if it wasn't for COVID. They literally wouldn't have made the playoffs. They shouldn't be in a playoff spot, but they were in such a shitty division. They shouldn't be in a playoff spot. And they didn't have one, you know, in a regular season. So, uh, I just, uh, they're not that, I mean, they made the cup and I, I guess, you know, well, not that I guess you have to give them credit and sure, you know, those, that players definitely did play well. So maybe he did deserve it, but, uh, I feel like in normal, normal time period, normal, you know, situation, we wouldn't even be talking about this team right now because, they'd be golfing so i don't know i just they didn't even make the playoffs for me well so then bill zito then for the florida panthers i think he also that's more more of a candidate okay yeah Yeah, so i I will take that it was just the it was just him that i I don't think should have won he his team's not even the technically a playoff team okay yeah all right so then bill zito i think should have won at that you know i mean he he found fruition then in anthony duclair and um and carter verhage right yeah Um, two young guys that they uh Two guys that really helped solidify the team, and then they also traded for Sam Bennett. Sam Bennett was on Sam the tear. Bennett was a uh, dude. I picked him up from my fantasy team when Sam yeah, Bennett got traded. There, I know. And that I was, was the about best to. Move I think I made all season. Yeah. Uh, Sam Bennett definitely. Uh, he was fucking shit up <laughs> as yeah. soon as he went down there. I, I mean, I Sam Bennett. I, let me try and look it up real quick. I think what he had like he thirteen did. points in ten games or something like that. Fourteen points in ten games. Something, Sam something like that since trade. Um. You know, the only thing that I that I hate from that Bill Zito has done is the Sergei Bobrovsky contract, even though it was, I think, two seasons ago. That contract is still absolutely terrible, and I hope that they're able to get out of it at some point because that contract sucks so oh, much ass. Yeah, Bob, yeah. I mean, for, for his level of play, too. I mean, let's be real. He hasn't really done no anything. No, he's Anything not. worthwhile, at least. But how can you sign him to, like, I think they signed him to eight years, right? Or six years or something <laughs> Dude, like that? Uh, sorry, I'm going back now. I finally got it up. Sam Bennett's stats for since he was traded to Florida in 10 games played. And this was in the regular season. 10 games played. He had 15 points. Yeah. 15 points in 10 games. Now, can I bring up his playoff stats? Did he have an impact in the playoffs? 
that would be an interesting. Jury says no. No. <laughs> Jury says he had five points in five games. So yeah, you know, he bad. held his weight, and you know that was a great trade. So um, it was. Yeah. If anybody is more deserving, I would agree with you that uh, the Panthers GM. What was his name again? I apologize. Bill Zito. Bill Zito. Um, yeah. He definitely should have been a candidate. That. I mean, but then again, I guess, I guess Lou. You know, he got a he got a he got the misfits to the uh, to the the conference finals again or semifinals this season. I don't know, man. Yeah, Bill Zito should have won it. Um, the only reason I brought up Mark Bergevin is doing it is because of how much more, how many more moves that he made. You know what I mean? And, and then taking the team because they were shittier last year. You know, and then you know what I mean. Yeah, that they were that's shitty this year too. Obviously, they made it. They weren't shitty. They started. I, I know, know, they started sliding so, at the like, end. I saw they, stupid because they stupid. were one of the top teams in the division, and then and then they slid. Do you remember the beginning of this or the first half of the season, man? When they were on top of the division? Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. You know, now, they yeah. went on a slide. I, so that's. You know, I mean, we'll we'll discuss yeah, yeah, my yeah. thoughts on the Canadians um, okay. when we get to that. Yeah, we won't uh, we won't bog you down with the Canadians yet. We have a little bit to go till we get there. Uh, le Canadien, no, le Canadien de Montreal. Uh. <laughs> but uh, keeping the strain rolling here. Um, now we have to talk about TV deals. TV. So uh, Mark Messier, um, Justin's favorite guy, uh, reached a multi-year agreement with uh, Disney ESPN. Um, just this Thursday to join them as an NHL studio analyst beginning next season. So I put a little thing here. I mean, I don't know if he's ever really been in a TV role yet. Um, I don't think so at all. Um, I could be wrong. So correct me. Um, but it is interesting because, you know, he is a hockey hall of famer with six cups. He played with Gretzky. He an played, award named after him. He has an award named after him. He's, he's a, you know, I don't really like the guy, obviously, him being a ranger and everything like that for a while. So. And a Canuck. Yeah, Canuck's a legend. So <laughs> I just I just hope he comes in. And, you know, if our, our big thing, you know, ever since, you know, this TV deal was agreed with ESPN was that they were going to help grow the game. So, mm. um, yeah, I, I hope he has some type of an impact. And, and it's good. And now it kind of feels like uh, Messier has ESPN. And then... Um, TNT has Gretzky. So now is it a, a Messier versus Gretzky situation here? We're going to start comparing notes. About on which them? one could be worse? Because honestly, I think that they're both going to be boring. Really? I have a huge feeling they're both going to be boring. I mean, I, literally, I have no clue as to what Messier is going to bring. I, I feel like I have a little bit of an idea with Gretzky because we've seen a couple of his. Uh... I'm sorry. Messier's. <laughs> go, go for it. Go. No, just keep talking. Wait, I'm confused. I was going to make a joke. Okay, okay. Uh, anyway, um, I, I just, I don't know. I, I feel like uh, we don't, I, at least I don't know what he's going to, what he's, what he's going to do. I hope it's, I hope it's good though. Well, the only thing that Messi is going to do is have the lights reflect off of his bald ass head. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to do that. <laughs> you love that button. So I uh, actually, I don't it. think we actually said it and we should have. This is our first time recording together in the same room since... A long time. A long time before so, December, uh, right? Yeah, so we need a yes, a yes. good old clap, 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 up, clap. Guys, clap. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, yeah, so there's this crazy ass uh thing that Damien has, and it's uh it's fucking awesome. It's just it's like got fucking sound bites. It's awesome. It's what I've always wanted. I know we so. finally have it. Uh, we were talking about it so much before we stopped recording together, and uh, you know, for Christmas and everything like that, I was able to um, to to get this uh, new like recording device basically and it has a soundboard on it so it's dope so uh as long as we're recording together you'll hear a lot of sound bites on that thing 
Yes. yes. There we go. Clap, clap, clap. Oh, well, there's also one more. Action. Yeah, what a groove. Beautiful. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> enough of the seg- uh not segue, enough of the tangent. Um now we actually need to talk about something serious. Um so there's will be no clapping or no groovy funk. Um but so I we don't actually have much to talk about on the situation because not much is known because the fucking league is keeping it under wraps. You know, they're not talking about it. Uh, Gary Bettman hasn't spoken about it, hasn't done anything. Um it's the Chicago Blackhawks situation. Um Brad Aldrich in 2010 sexually assaulted i think it was two players right uh i do believe from the post that i read it was two players yeah so he sexually assaulted two players um and then threatened those players to stay quiet about it and um supposedly every player on the team also knew and uh you know it's just uh you know that i i couldn't imagine i mean based on my experience like i know hockey rooms like locker rooms can be toxic right you know and um but when that toxicity is coming and toxicity and, and abuse is coming from the adults, you know, it's coming from like the management, the coaches, you know, that, that's fucked up. Apparently then a lot of the management knew as well. Well, yeah. But I they mean, specifically... if the entire team knows about the situation, I'm, I, you, you got to bet that the entire management team knew about it. Well, most of them did, but they, they kept some specific people out and there was one, I think it's a head coach now or a GM now that they left out of the, mm-hmm meetings for it and they asked him about it and he was like oh no i had no idea and then insiders were confirming that he had no idea because they they specifically left him out of the meetings i forgot who it was fuck i'm not gonna look it up because it'd be a rabbit hole but um yeah man i just want to say you know my main thing that i wanted to bring up with this is how disgusting it is that the league hasn't said anything and i was thinking about it last night on um the broadcast of the game seven and it's like you know this hasn't been mentioned at all this, like they're not mentioning this. They're not mentioning it. The NHL hasn't spoken out about it. Gary Bettman, the fucking commissioner, hasn't spoken out on it. You know, it's just like, I don't know, man. It's fucked up. Yeah. So a couple, a couple of things. I, I, I remember me and you talking about this, and and now we just brought up about TV. You know, maybe TV is the wrong spot for them to address it. Um, obviously, you want teams to be held accountable. So I would totally agree with you that. Um, I think the league should address it, you know, in some manner and say, hey, we're investigating this. We're going to figure out what went wrong, what what, what the situation was. Um, but holy crap, man. I mean, a, a coach, um, a video coach at that, you know, it's not like it was I mean, not that it would excuse the matter, but it's not like it was a head coach. It, you know, some video coach is sexually assaulting players and, um, you know, getting them drunk and, you um, trying to do you know the unspeakable on them and uh just ridiculous and, and what make what makes the situation worse for me at least um you know it is disgusting should have been you know brought to authorities at that point or at least addressed on a on a league standpoint but uh this coach he went on to coach you know under 18 teams yeah under 18 year old teams so um i i, I don't think there's been any confirmation that he uh any weirdness or any uh you know bad things that happen to kids um but you know some somebody in that room at that point because let's 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 keep it real they, they had to have known that he he went on to do other things right definitely um and, and you find out or you hear or you know that he's with kids that are are under the age of 18 or at the age of 18 and, and you're allowing this to happen and not speak up is pitiful it's disgusting and uh it's um 
it, it definitely does need to be addressed as you keep saying and uh they need to figure out what went wrong why didn't people speak up and uh i mean you i guess if, as, as an organizational standpoint like you know they were at the they were at their peak right you know this blackhawks team they were that was when they started their uh, dynasty yeah yeah you know you were on the cusp of starting a dynasty um i also just wanted to bring into um to light uh former nhl goals hunter frank petrangelo uh he's joining a lawsuit claiming he was sexually assaulted at the university of minnesota um who by goaltending coach thomas adrahat oh wait adrats adratas um he was uh uh well he was assaulted during acts that were disguised as training sessions uh done for the goaltending coach's pleasure and self-gratification during uh quote-unquote visualization sessions and uh it's fucked up, man. And I just think that to go on to what we were saying before, you know, it's an old boys club. And I think that the lead, you know, it's an old boys club and that these old boys will defend each other. And um, it's fucked up. And then, it, you know, and it shows that it's an old boys club due to Gary Bettman and the rest of the league not saying anything about it. And I just think it, you know, something needs to be done about it. Um, People need to be held accountable and nobody's being held accountable. And I'm just glad that at least people on social media are talking about it. And um. Yeah, especially because apparently there is evidence for it too. There's like text message receipts and everything yeah. from uh, Brad Aldrich. This is what I, I I read on Twitter, so I take it with a grain of salt. But apparently, um, people had text messages still saved from Aldrich, um, like being like basically like, "Yo, shut the fuck up, like keep quiet about it," you know. So, um, yeah. Anywho, I I think that's enough of a depressing talk. Yeah. Uh, for this no, episode, well, I... that's not enough depressing talk, but it's enough uh, about like fucked up shit. Yeah, um, I mean, I guess we'll have to wait and uh, you know hope that the um you know the the league does something about this, steps in and, and speaks on it because uh, it's something that needs to be addressed. Yeah, definitely. All right, so uh, we'll move on to some hockey now, some uh, some actual playing happening. Um, I guess we'll do Vegas and Canadians first. You know, we'll cover this before I go into my deep dive. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Should I get my Canadians jersey? <laughs> yeah, I'm happy you brought that because uh, I'm now on the Canadian strain too. So yeah, so when um, so when I when I came in to Damien, I go, oh yeah, I'm sorry, late. I got a gift for you, and I pulled out a Canadian jersey that I have. So um, so I guess we're all on Team Cana- uh Canada, Team Canadians. Um, I think the biggest storyline is that you know Vegas's forwards, you know, they couldn't get oh. going. You know, Mark Stone non-existent. You know, um. Their top six was literally invisible. Yeah. Um, and uh, what's called? Yeah, it's almost like the Canadians bench was sprinkling sleeping dust into their Gatorade because the Golden Knights could not get shit going at all. You know, especially the forward group. Um, and, you know, this is a team that, you know, they're relentless on the forecheck and on their forecheck, they couldn't do anything. You know, they could. I feel like I feel like most games they were being outplayed by the Canadians. You know, the Canadians were playing a solid system. And um. Yeah, they were they were really eliminating them that 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 forward group and you know when they do get their chances you're, you're going against a brick wall and Carey Price so yeah. he's I playing mean, out of his mind right now. Yeah, he's playing well above uh, advertised and uh, but if you're this high powered offensive team, right? Because I feel like that's how they're regarded. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, like, they're a powerhouse. Uh, we we talk about the you know the Golden Knights. We talk about their offensive scoring. We talk about how overpowered they are. How they can find goals anywhere you know a team that dismantled the you know the avalanche at at, at a peak realistically i mean yeah. after that washing they had of them they 
they were riding at an all-time peak on, on an incredible win streak at that point too. So, um, you know, this is a Vegas team that, that can score goals on, on anyone. And uh, this Canadian team that should have won GM of the year, uh, they, they, they shut down, the, you know, their, their top six. That's, that's incredible. Um, I see you have something here about the, the, the D group, though, for Vegas. Yeah, and you know, uh, while the uh, the forwards couldn't get it going, you know, the the Vegas defensemen really continue to show their excellence. You know, um, they really show that they were carrying this team. You know, and the addition of Petrangelo in the off season is was like imperative to their success in this series. Whenever they did get success in it, because you know, I mean, the, the, the defense was just potting goals like crazy. You know, and Petrangelo was playing really well, as well as you can on a team that keeps losing against. Uh, um, and, you know, and he played a lot better than the rest of his performance um, throughout the regular season, my fucking fantasy team, when he was ranked 200 something. I held on to him the whole goddamn season and he only picked it up in the playoffs. Oh, I know. Gets How me frustrated, yeah. man. Well, yeah, I mean, when when the team needed them the most, it, I, I feel like their decors who we were talking about a lot. I mean, I kept hearing yeah. shit. Um, Theodore's name. You know, Theodore, Alec Martinez, Martinez too, even too. Zach Whitecloud, too. Um, they were all getting in on scoring. Yeah. And when your elite, quote-unquote, top six isn't doing it, I mean, at least you can rely on that decor. But it, it just it simply isn't enough in the playoffs. You, you can't yeah. just rely on the defensive group to you know to, to lead you in scoring. Yeah. Um, I, also, I also just read here how the Canadians have scored as many goals as the Lightning in the first three rounds. Is that is that five on five? Just in general. Because I think the Islanders scored like 43 or something like that, remembering. So that's interesting. 43. Oh, are we going to look it up now? Yeah, because, uh, oh, sorry, I'm hitting things now. I'm so not used to being, I'm so used to being at like my normal setup yeah. of like my my, du- my dual monitors setup. You know, I have the mic on that, on that stand, so it's not in my way. Yeah. Now I'm on a little laptop again. Although I love it. I'm happy we're back to this. But uh, Yeah, yeah. I'm just uh, I gotta get used to my uh, my tight quarters here. I know, but um, on, yeah, no, I definitely want to look up playoff scoring. So if we go on NHL, I think they have I it. I fucking hate the NHL website. I know it's not the best. It's not the best. They need but, two reconfigurations. Um, playoff scoring leaders, Teams. and of course, I didn't type in NHL. I know, so please bear with us for this uh, little intermission here. Oh, that might have been five on five then. Yeah, I think it's a five on five stack because I think I think that the Lightning Tampa have the is most. at like fifty. Or they have fifty eight. Like. Islanders yeah, fifty four. Golden Knights fifty three. Canadians forty three. Yeah, so that that definitely has to be a five on five stat. Um, because I was gonna say thirty seven goals. I didn't think that was possible. That's why I was like, uh... I didn't think that was possible. I knew there was no way that I knew the Islanders up until you know the semifinals were the leading scorers, but uh, I think they were at forty eight at that point. Yeah. But no, well I there mean, goes my stat. <laughs> well, no, but no, that's that's probably a five on five stat, which is still something that we need to point out because I mean, the way that they're able to play five on five, especially against again an overpowered Vegas team. Granted, they're more known for their uh, for their offensive firepower, but you got to think you got guys like Pretangelo and all them. So I'm sure it wasn't hard. Uh, uh, it wasn't easy, and uh, and you know you had Flurry who was playing fairly well until he uh had his little cough offs which i'm sure is a big talking point about this uh team but um yeah dude this canadians team they're uh they're on a roll i hope they i uh, i know um kind of alluding to it but i i hope they i'm on their train now man i'm sold on the on the canadians uh on the canadians run to victory 
Yeah. Um, I also want to point out that Montreal is a 93.5% penalty kill <laughs> in the playoffs. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's crazy. Dude, it's nuts. You can't score against them. That is not a stat. That is not like real. It's not real. Like that's not real. It's crazy. Um, you know, I mean, but the Vegas power play also was struggling. You know, they, they couldn't get past the blue line. They were wobbling passes, you know, um, yeah, they, they just weren't getting anything done. They, yeah. Like I, I, so I, I was watching, um, a video on, you know, their power play struggles and, you know, it, I don't want to discredit the Canadians team. I don't want to discredit their power kill. Um, they're doing tremendous things, you know, but, uh, you know, this Vegas team did look sluggish. You know, they look like the Islanders on the power play. They yeah. look worse than the Islanders on the power play. Is that um, worse than the Canucks? Nothing's worse than the Canucks they, power play. Like they, well, they couldn't even do. They couldn't even get to the Islanders' shitty passing in the in, in the offensive zone on a power play. They were, they couldn't get past the blue line. Yeah, you know, and it was uh it was cringeful. Honestly, it was cringeful. like good it, word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I made that one up. I think, but. Uh, <laughs> It, it just it, it's something to be noted that you know this Vegas power play needs some upgrades whether it's uh you know a new coach on a power play or it's uh you know maybe get some new guys infiltrated on that on that power play get some new faces there get some new looks um but that's definitely something this Vegas team is going to need to look at in the offseason yeah um something that's also that we need to mention is how Montreal was rioting after they won uh it was really weak uh considering they didn't win the cup or lose it yet so I guess that means that they're a little bit worse than Vancouver, eh? Worse than <laughs> Vancouver. I Well, because at least Vancouver lost in Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals, whereas the Canadians just beat the Vegas Golden Knights in six games. So it is one round less. I think this... <laughs> Dude, I love that soundboard. That's going to be great. Yeah, need, I know. We I need know. to do that. Yeah. Uh, so I don't want to go on a tangent yet. I'm going to save it for later. Okay. But I just want to say this now. Okay. So that way you guys know that this is coming. For all those mother, for all those people. No, you can curse. I've cursed like twenty times. No, I'm I'm trying to keep it for all you motherfuckers. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna save my anger for later. Uh All those people, I'll call them, who were outraged, who were sick to their stomachs that the Islander fans were throwing. Oh my god! They're fucking different. No, it's not different. It's not different. It's a celebration after a... Well, that was game six, right? And they won in advance. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that's different. I mean, they're both stupid. That's what I meant. I'm sorry. No, no, no. no, no. They're both stupid. They're both stupid. But for people to come at Islander fans... they are different, but they're both stupid. Yes. For them to to piss on Islander fans for, for a day because they were throwing empty beer cans. People were chugging their beers... Whether I, I I will agree with you that there was probably a couple idiots that threw full ones. I'm not gonna lie to you. That's not what I'm saying. There's, I'm saying there's it's an trashy. idiot in every group. There's an idiot in every group. But for them to cry that empty to maybe halfway, maybe a quarter of the way full aluminum cans were being thrown on the ice after a celebrating of a game six, forcing game seven overtime against the best team in the league, and for them to come back from an 0-2 deficit, be down in the series, and force that moment. It was incredible. It's the last moment, maybe at the barn. Turns out it was the last moment at the barn. Which and sucks. they were celebrating. And, and for people to cry about, and again, I'm going to talk more about this later, so I don't want to go too off on a tangent, although I already am. It, it, it felt hypocritical for people to be like, oh, well, look at the Canadians fans going at it. Oh, wow, look at them enjoying a win. Shut up. I know a lot of people did talk down on them too. 
and it's deserved yeah, because they're flipping police cars and, and hopping on police. Well, apparently that part was because the, the the cops were tear gassing them for standing around. Apparently that's what that was. That's just something I read though. You know, it, it was a shit show before the game started. I guarantee. Oh yeah, they were already it, setting off Roman candles in the middle of the streets. I, I, I mean, I, I don't want you know, I don't want to get political here, but I mean, it, you're, you're doing like fireworks in the middle of the street in groups and crowds of people. Oh, it's I, stupid! Right, police is gonna come out. You it's know, stupid. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you play shitty games, you get shitty ends. You know, you get shitty. Listen, uh, they're not mutually exclusive. They're both stupid. They're not mutually um, exclusive, but <sighs> listen, listen. Here, you can start going off in a minute. The last yeah, thing yeah, I just want to say up, about Vegas. The last thing I want to say about the Vegas and Canadian thing is nothing beats seeing a cocky team with cocky fans <laughs> and little internet warriors like Jonathan Marcheseau so lose to the complete underdog. And you know, it's a really fun story. And despite being a Canucks fan, you know, I'm still rooting for the Canadians uh, because a lot of Canadians fans were rooting for the Canucks in 2011, where they were it as well. And, um, you know, they were the only group of fans that were generally rooting for the Canucks during the 2011 uh, series. They were saying that the Canucks were Canada's team. So, you know, I'll reciprocate that. I'll say, you know what, Canadians, a Leon de la Montreal. I think that's it. I don't know. I think that's it. I, I, so it was really I fun. I love your La- French. I Thank you. Uh, Messi. Uh, so the last thing that I'll say is that um, this, I swear to God, is the last thing I'll say, is that after the game six win, I was spamming uh, a group chat that we have, a <laughs> hockey group chat, literally with me translating, like Google translating phrases in French or phrases in English to French and just trying to mimic them as best as possible while I was drunk. It was the funniest fucking thing. I just kept going, Le beau, Le It was amazing. Anyway, that's the last thing no, I'll dude, say. It's beautiful. And that, the <laughs> name of that group chat now is Hockey Will Make All of Us Fight One Day, only because of how me and you just seem to go out of each other. Because I know I could be annoying and insufferable. Yo, you're a hockey. fucking homer. Uh, yeah, You're the 100%. worst homer I've ever met. You know met. what's funny is, uh, you know, my girlfriend, she was like, you and Justin are going to, like, lose your friendship over hockey. And I'm like, no. no, no, no. You don't understand. No. There's no hard feelings here. This is just. No, of uh, course. And I'm just chapping your ass. Yeah, no. Because, again. We're, yeah, th- we, both do, we both say, like, <laughs> yeah. the most crazy things just to get each other going. And uh, it's, it's beautiful. I love it. And it's fun. And uh, that group chat's quite fun now. Um, Especially with Jay getting into hockey, too. So that's pretty cool. Hopefully well, yeah, you can no. join our fantasy league next year. Yeah, no, that's what I love, man. Julian I, fucking needs to, too. Yo, Julian, if you're still listening right now, join our fucking fantasy league next year before I break your kneecaps. Yeah, it's pissing no, me off. And all you listeners, too. If any of you guys are listening oh, yeah, and, all you, you, listeners and you guys too. like us, you know, you like listening to us, you, you want to get involved in, uh, you know, be in our... Uh, <laughs> our fantasy league of uh i won't break your kneecaps don't worry i'll only break julian's yeah we're only gonna break julian's i'm uh, a lot less intimidating than i sound let us know guys but yeah <laughs> julian and, and jay and jay i know jay will do it uh julian we're gonna we gotta talk you into it i'm sure i'm sure you'll love it it's an app on your phone buddy so it's not it's not too hard you're always on your phone on twitch anyway so it's fine <laughs> yeah so uh, oh shout out to r r r e L O A D S. Yeah, yeah, R Reloads. That's R probably reloads a better way to put underscore it. Underscore gaming on Twitter and R Reloads, I think, on Twitch. Yeah, um, yeah shout out to him. He, he just started streaming, so uh, go check him out. And um, that, that's probably the friend that chats my ass the most. So oh, yeah. Shout out with, to Julian. <laughs> Julian chats my with, fucking with his dick, takes man. on hockey. I love I, it. I hate him. He's still one of my favorite people ever, but I fucking hate him. See, no, Caitlin would have been right if I was like, if like, oh, Julian's going to ruin your friendship. Like, I'm like, yeah, he'll fuck it. I, I will. Yeah, me and his friendship will be done uh, by the end of me being a hockey fan. So let's get to, anyway, enough of the tangents and all the bullshit. Let's get to Islanders and Tampa series as much as you don't want to. Yeah, so dude, I'm not going to lie to you. When I woke up this morning, I was like, we really have to record this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Like, we, I really need to get up and I really need to do this. Um, 
So I, 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 as easy as it would be just to hop into game seven and just talk about it. Um, I feel like we left off um, after game three. So I feel like there was a lot of good storylines and a lot of good points that I, I kind of want to make about all the other games. Um, as you could tell, I watched these series a lot more than I watched the Canadian ones. So wow. You'll, you'll see a lot of Say information from me. So, whoa, whoa. I know. What a, <laughs> what a great <laughs> hockey podcast guy. I thought you were going to say, say what a great song. That's a good well, what a great song, song too. It's yeah. a good Weezer song. Weezer, man. Dude, I actually saw Weezer when I was like a kid. Really? Yeah. That's uh, pretty I remember, interesting. <laughs> I remember being at the show. The only memory I have of the show was uh, there was a guy next to me, some older guy. And, uh, as most of Weezer fans are. Yeah, yeah. And uh, keep in mind, I'm, I'm probably like eight or nine at this point <laughs> in time in my life. And, uh, you know, I'm with my mom. My mom, shout out to you, mom, too. God, doing a lot of shout outs today. Um, she would bring me to shows all the time. And it's probably why I'm a crazy addict to concerts now. But anyway, um, I just remember this guy. He's like, oh, you play some video games, son? And I was what? like, well, you probably didn't say something. But anyway. And it, <laughs> he probably didn't say something. <laughs> but I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, oh, yeah. And, uh, I just remember, I remember being like nine years old. I'm like, I love GTA. And the guy <laughs> looking at me like, and then looking at my mom, he's like, you let him play GTA? It's <laughs> like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Dude, I, that's literally the only memory I have. Oh, and then at the very end, they had confetti. Confetti? Confetti. <laughs> fall from the Jonathan sky. Confetti? <laughs> they had confetti fall from the sky that had like the Weezer W like imprinted on it. So that was a fun memory. I remember stealing like a bunch, I'm not stealing, but grabbing a bunch of those and bringing them home. Anyway, shout out Weezer. Love you guys. Um, Islanders Tampa. What, what a, what a heartbreaking way to end, man. Yeah. What a heartbreaking way, but let's get into it. Um, we'll talk about game four first. Um, this was, this was Ryan Pollock's game. Uh, you know, um, there was a lot of things that happened. You know, the Islanders got ahead early, which was a shocker, honestly, and they had a 2-0 lead. Uh, going into the third period, uh, the Lightning, like like everyone says, at the drop of a hat, can score goals like nobody else can, you know. And they started to do that, and it got really scared. Braden Point, of course, scored a goal. I think he finished off, uh, was it nine games in a row at the end of this, you know, yeah. Yeah. So it just ended. It ended last seven, night. Yeah. Nine goals. You know, games in a row. Second of all time. It's crazy. So, crazy stat there. But um, again, back to game four. He he said I think that was like his seventh, right, or sixth. So he was on a tear. He was playing phenomenal. Um, they even get a second one. I forgot who scored that one, but uh, it was getting down. It was getting down to the nitty gritty. It was getting down to like the the final few minutes of the third, and uh, you know. I think there was a power play for them. I could be wrong on that. Uh, but uh, it was getting really scary being an Islander fan in that situation. You know, you have a lethal lightning team storming back. And, uh, you know, you have your Islander team uh, holding on by a thread. And it literally came down to the final seconds. Um, uh, first off, I want to say Ryan McDonough, the athleticism that guy has. Oh, uh, if you guys, I'm sure all of you guys seen it. I'm sure because this was everywhere. But if you haven't, check out the this block by Pollock because Ryan McDonough, while falling, like does like some spinorama type move and gets the puck on net. And uh Varlamov, I mean man, he he had to like have no clue how much time was left. He probably thought yeah. there was like a little less time than he may might have thought, because he really went out for the challenge on McDonough. He came way out of the crease. And um eventually mcdonough was able to get around him 
and there was just so much empty net there. It was literally like the freest net I've ever seen. <laughs> like you're so free. Um, what, what does that mean? But uh, no, it was it was an empty net, and uh, Ryan Pollock, the star, the stud, the the shutdown defenseman, PNP security, he blocks that shot, and like he just makes himself look big. You see him. Everybody's like, oh, he got it with his hand, but he didn't grab the puck. Shut up. And uh, no, there's people who say that. They were trolling, probably. I, again, to get, I, I again, get, get off, off Twitter. Twitter. Get off Twitter. Honestly, <laughs> now that the owners are out, I'll probably have less uh, high blood pressure while <laughs> exploring on Twitter. But uh, um, yeah, he blocked that shot. And like, in that moment, you're like, this is the, like, you always see it after the series, you know, when you're like, this is a defining moment in the series mm-hmm. that led to, you know, this team's success. That was if it happened, going to be the Islanders moment right there. You yeah. know, like that was going to be like, normally it's after the series, but it was right after this game where you're like, holy shit, this is that moment. And, yeah. uh, you know, that would have tied up the game three, three. And it was literally in the final second. So it went to overtime and let's be real. Let's be real. That would have been an Islanders loss after that. Yeah. Uh, like, Cause if you score that goal, it's over. Yeah. So, um, they hang on, they went three, two. So now game five, right oh, okay. you think you would why are you th- even talking about this this is the worst game in the world well because i have a story so oh. game five you would think that this islanders team would have like momentum energy would yeah. have like just all of the 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 good juju in the world i guess you could say like i don't ever i i don't know what word to say you would think this team would be motivated after that um but no no they did not um I, I feel like maybe they were coming out a little too confidently and were shot down 45 seconds into the game. Um, honestly, skill played by Scam, uh, Stamkos, but he there was like a lucky bounce where he was able to yeah. get it. And you know what? Great play by him. I, I'm, I'm still upset about that bounce and him getting that puck. And uh, 45 seconds in, he puts it behind Verlamov. And uh, right there, it kind of felt like all the air in the tires of the Islanders' wagon was like, expelled it was gone it was yeah there was no there was no coming back from that uh they eventually top pile on two more goals to finish the period 3-0 and um the second period wasn't much better man um truthfully truthfully after the first i didn't think the Islanders had a chance there was no way they were going to put three and pass uh um vasileski um at that point especially having such a 3-0 lead but i was hoping for them to make a push you know wear down this team and uh, if anything, it wore them down playing this game. Uh, you know, they came back into that second period. I think they scored two or three more, making it like 6 nothing. And, um, you know, the Islanders just, they they were angry. They were upset. Um, actually, uh, and I didn't even put it down here, and I just remembered, in that second period, right off the bat, they hit the post in the crossbar twice. Yeah. There was two instances. Yeah, when like, it went boop, boop. So, like... Two instances of that. But. Two instances of that. And, you know, one of those goes in or both of those goes in. It's a 2-2 game and we're talking about a different game. You know? Yeah. I mean, momentum is a crazy thing. And, you know, puck luck is a thing. Um, and, and they had none of that. And sure, going down 3 nothing, but then you have that happen to you. They gave up, it felt like. And, well, I don't want to say gave up because they clearly didn't. But there was nothing that they can do. And, uh... Yeah. You know, this Lightning team felt like the Lightning team, and they let they lit them up. And the Islanders were getting frustrated, giving them power plays. And once you give the Lightning power plays, the puck's going in the net. They had three power play goals this game, and uh, it became an eight nothing loss for the Islanders. 
Yeah, terrible. And uh, this was the first ever that I know of Islander watch party for an away game. And uh, I was in attendance, you know, 10 bucks to get in, which uh, which was cool was that it went to uh, an Islanders foundation, all the proceeds. Mm. So shout out to the Islanders for doing that. They didn't even like, I mean, maybe they took a couple bucks to pay for the employees there, but um, and then it was five hours parking. Me, Jay and Julian, the two guys that we were just talking about, shout out you guys again, all made the trip there. You know, we got loose in the parking lot and then got in and uh, here's my story time. So. I think it was in the second period when the Islanders went down like four nothing, five nothing around about that time period, and uh, there was fans just piling out of the seats and leaving. And I'll admit I had a couple in me, but sober me would would think the same thing. I was getting pissed. I was like, because like they were cutting to the Islander fans every now and again. Yeah, and especially that one guy who ripped off his jersey and stormed out. Yes, yes. So that's embarrassing, you know, like. I get it. The Islanders lost the game. They lost the game. But you got to stick. Uh, you know, and this is just my mentality, I guess. Like, I'm going to stick with this team mm-hmm. until the wheels fall off, until they until they lose 10 nothing. you know. And, you know, what uh, my saying at that point is, I'm going to be with them when they're hoisting the cup. Obviously, it's not happening. <laughs> uh, I got to be with them when they're down. And a lot of these fans obviously didn't share that same mentality and they were leaving. So I was going at it a little bit. I, I was like, sit down, sit down. Like, what are you doing? I know. Again, I was drunk. But uh, there was other people, too. It wasn't just me. It wasn't just me. I don't want it. I want oh, it to be man. known that it wasn't just me. But we're but like, it's kind of embarrassing, you know, like yeah, they're going to pan back to the Coliseum and seeing it empty. Like, what kind of fair weather fake fans are you? To be like leaving when your team goes down, you know that that was my idea and other ideas of the of the people around me at the Kali. It's the same fans that throw beer cans on the ice. <laughs> Sorry, I had to no, do no, that no, one. That, that's that's true. So, um, <laughs> there was one little bitch that came up to me. So again, I was yelling a little and I was getting a little angry. And uh, this guy, he comes up to me. Where's your section at UBS? That's what the kid had to say to me as he's what? walking out as the Islanders go down five nothing in a two zero game and uh, a what am I saying in a five nothing game in the second period is what I meant to say. He's going. What section do you have at UBS? Same as your mother's. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, listen, Dude, I love this roll. fucking you're thing. I know. I, I gotta keep going but, like, with it. <laughs> the kid is screaming at me. What section are you at UBS? As he's walking out. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't have a couple thousand dollars to drop on fucking yeah, like, season what? tickets like your rich ass. Like, calm the fuck down. Sit down. What, you know, if you have sections at UBS, obviously you're a fan. So sit yeah. down, support your team when they're losing five nothing. Yeah, stop being a fucking nothing, herb. Or or they're up four nothing. Or if you have season, like yeah. what? What a loser. What a loser. Like I I like I that. That like got that. me so angry, so mad. I was just like I I I actually would have got pissed. So I just sat my ass down and was like, listen, bro. Anyway, he eventually left. And then what pissed me off, surprisingly pissed me off even more than that. There was these three fucking kids across from us in the second intermission that had brown bags over their head. Your team (laughs) is in the semifinals of the Stanley Cup playoffs and you have bags over your head. Bags over your head. Are we the fucking Cleveland Browns? Toronto Maple Leafs? Are we the Toronto Maple Leafs? Are we the... New York Jets? Uh, I can't even think of the team. Who's the fucking team? Who's the fucking... Are we the Columbus Blue Jets? No, who's that that shitty team? Oh, are we the Buffalo Sabre fans right now? 
I can't even fucking think. Like, uh, are we Buffalo? You have bags over your heads? So eventually the kids take them off and then you can literally see that they're 14 year old kids. And so then you feel bad about yourself because you're like, oh, these are just 14 year old kids. Yeah, I was like, I, I thought uh, again across the stadium. For me. So <laughs> I, I, I feel bad that I, I, I got that enraged about 14 year old kids. But that that sent me that sent me I that. Embarrassing. Your team is in the semifinals. Granted, they're losing bad. I understand, but don't do that gimmick. And how the hell did you get brown bags? Did you know that they were going to go down 5 nothing? Well, how where did you get brown bags in Nassau Coliseum? I don't know. They brought them with them. Cuz they had holes in them. Or, I mean, obviously they could have just ripped them out of a brown bag, but where the hell did you get them? No, so they, they made them themselves. They brought them in knowing that this team was going to lose somehow. So those kids are fortune tellers. I need to see who they're <laughs> going to say who fucking wins the cup because I need to put a bet on that. Thank you. <laughs> enough of game five. Enough. Oh, enough. my God. It's only game five. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go quicker. I'll go quicker. I'll go quicker. I, I just realized. I was like, oh, my God. That was all game. That was all game five. That was all game five. I know. I'm For those annoying. of you who don't know. No, you're not annoying. For those of you who don't know, we have a, uh, we have a Google Doc. And um and in it we typed like notes. Zamian wrote a whole dissertation for uh for the for the Islanders Tampa section. So it's <laughs> it's funny. So, anyway. Dude, I wrote. Uh, <laughs> you wrote a dissertation. Dude, I I we should start a blog. You know, uh, we we should we should have a, our, a lot our pieces. of commitment. Well, no, no, we we do it when we want. Fuck it. You guys want to read it? You can read it. No, anyway, anyway, maybe one day. Uh, game six, Islanders down. Zero to two in the second period. We'll skip ahead. Like I said, I'm paraphrasing now. Uh, Islanders giving up power plays. The Islanders have a five on three at one point. Get nothing in. I was keep in mind they're down three two in the series. I was like, all right, well that was the season. What a ride it was, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, here I am yelling at people for believing in the team, and then here I am, you know, giving up on them in the second period. Um, eventually, I think it was still in the second. Eberly gets a beautiful backhand goal. Sets it up to a 2-1 game. I actually sent a text to my dad because me and my dad, we text each other a lot, um, you know, during the games. And I'm like, well, there's a sign of life. You know, there, there's a heartbeat on this team. Yeah. You know, they're, they're able to breathe still. And I think at this point, um, Lightning at that point, we're, we're outscoring them 12. They were on like a scoring streak of like 12 and the others had zero goals at that point. So they finally broke the curse. They finally got one in. And then in that third period... I do not know what got into Matthew Barzell. Yeah, he started turning it up. I have no clue what beast got inside of him and took over his body because it was it was a completely different Barzell than like we've seen ever. Yeah. Um, it kind of felt like a moment where he was like growing up, you know, like it kind of felt like he was going in you know what I mean? Like he was yeah, 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 yeah. he was Maturing. coming into Matthew Barzell, you know, the Matt Barzell that is supposed to be this superstar, you know? And yeah, exactly. Uh, he was proven it dude was buzzing he was he was controlling the puck moving the puck all over the ice he was uh he was bringing it down into the net he was getting close and uh he had a couple good looks and then um eventually with all the havoc he was causing you know uh i was able to get a good change and then scott mayfield the elite sniper um on 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 a on a line change was rushing into the zone got a beautiful setup pass from matthew barzell and honestly vasileski credit to him he he did everything he could to try and stop this puck. Played and he, it well. He he gave him such a small, tiny window for uh, for Scotty Mayfield to, to put it into the net and the Scott, noted sniper. The 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 accredited like 
defenseman Scott Mayfield, yeah. as Justin calls him, the plug. Wow. Scott Mayfield to pot that in. That was a beautiful goal. I love him now. Uh, I will never talk shit about him. I already said that earlier because he was playing really great in this playoffs. But what a goal by that dude, man. I, beautiful goal. And then uh, Anthony Bivillier in overtime because, you know, they forced overtime at that point. Early on, I think it was like a minute in, a minute 30 into the into the playoffs. Um, him and Nelson, I think it was in the or Bailey in the in the uh, offensive zone. They force a turnover. Bu gets clear and just beats Vasilevsky. And yeah. uh, what a what a phenomenal goal, man! Yeah, it was nice. Such uh, a bad turnover on Hedman's part too. Well, and and that's what makes it even sweeter is that Victor Hedman, the the best defenseman in the league. Oh, he he's amazing. He's a great forces a turnover overtime of game six, and you know. Fuck you, Hedman. Fuck you. And he fucked up, and the Islanders were able to force Game Seven. So, uh, beautiful goal, beautiful goal, beautiful moment. Uh, Anthony Bivillier, uh, he was—he literally said, uh, he was like, you know, I saw it hit the twine, and then I blacked out at that point. And uh, the celebration was fantastic. Um, it was literally like we won the cup. Sure, make fun of us. I don't care, uh, or make fun of them. I should say. Uh, well, it's not like a Canadian. I hate. I say. I hate that I say us all the time. I know that's probably annoying to some people, but you know. Well, if people get annoyed by that, then, you know. Yeah, losers. Uh, so, no, it was a great moment, man. And it, it, such electric, like, situation. And then here comes the the beer can part. I'm not talking about yeah, it. Yeah, we don't, we don't have it's, to go. It's trashy. It's stupid. It, I, I, I will agree with you, and I agree with everybody else. And I, I, I actually, again, oh God, I said Twitter 17 times this episode. I know. <laughs> I, I, I promise this is the last time. I'll talk. Oh, no, one more time after this. Um. <laughs> They literally, they were celebrating, man, and they, they were throwing it out. And Twitter, they were they were they were trashing all the fans. And I get it, and I agree with you, and I agree with everybody on Twitter. That's what I was saying. I agree with them that it wasn't a good look. It wasn't a great look. But in the moment, you know, put put yourself in the shoes of those guys right there, or the fans in that in that moment. Like your team just forced Game Seven against. The greatest team in the You just show. cheer and scream like everybody else does. And you, and you, you know, oh, you no, oh, no. We, we go and flip cars and celebrate. Like, okay. Anyway, anyway. Going Again, back. it's not, going I'm back. not no, saying no, that no, it's going not back. bad. Going back. Wait, I just want to set the stage perfectly. Uh, game six, forcing game seven against the greatest team in the NHL. You know, I have another thing I want to say, but I won't say it. No, say it. Now, now, and an overtime goal after you were down 0 2 in the second period, counted out. Come back, win, beautiful moment. You're chugging beers with everybody in the crowd. And then I'm sure there was one guy who threw a beer can, saw it, and was like, oh, I can do that. And then all of a sudden, everybody was throwing their mostly empty beer cans onto the ice. Mostly. Granted, I understand there's idiots in every single crowd, whether it's a hockey game or other situations. Um, there's idiots everywhere in this world. So there was probably a couple full beer cans being thrown. But... um. No, I mean like they were celebrating. They were they were in, in the moment, the last game at the Nassau Coliseum. It was a wonderful moment. They were just throwing them, right? And uh I get it. Again, not a bat, not a great look, not a good look. I'll grab the other bottle in a second. But um I don't know. I I, I didn't see the the 
the outrage that everybody had. And then fucking, what's his name? Uh, Eddie Olchek. Uh, Olchek. Well, he's a crying fucking herb. On the, crying. He's a herb. He's like, oh my God, get the <laughs> players off the ice. This is so dangerous. Because, yeah, what is an empty aluminum can going to do to an athlete and all the fucking pads that they have on them? Oh my God. And fucking Matthew Barzell going to go on the long-term injury reserve all next season so we can camp, uh, fucking cap circumvent because he got hit by an aluminum fucking can on, on his fucking pads. Give me a fucking break, Eddie O. I, I couldn't stand that. And then that's what led the outrage online, honestly. Let's be real. No, well, no, no. That that, what, le- thought. what led the outri- out- outrage. outrage is that everybody was like, like me. I was watching it and I'm like, are, are those beer cans? And I was like, what the fuck? And being a Long Islander, I'm like, that is the most Long Island thing in the fucking well, world. Yeah, that, that is that's so the trashy. Board. You're at the board. It's trashy. It's trashy. Clearly. And again, don't bring up Montreal because I know it's trashy too. It's trashy to flip oh, cop so cars and light off from it. They're, they're, throw, they're throwing shit on the ice too. Oh my God, what if one of those little fucking noisemakers I'm not saying that that's not trashy either. Fucking, what if it hits Matthew Borzell? Oh my God, oh my God. Listen, I was never it's, a fan it, of the throwing shit on the ice. But it's not a big deal. It could have been something. It could have been, been like their spit or something. It's not a big deal. Listen, it's not a big deal. Listen, I'm sorry. Empty beer cans is trashy. That's all I'm going to say. It's trashy. That's it. Sure, okay, that's, that's it. Look. So that's it. It's trashy. That's it. That's, that's the end of the story. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying it's the worst thing in the world. I'm not saying know. people could get injured. I'm not saying that. I, I know, but that, that that's that's what it was. That was the argument. That I'm was saying the looking, at, looking at it as somebody who wanted the Islanders to win and watching it as someone on Long Island, I was like, wow, this is shitty. I feel like I'm in a 7-Eleven parking lot. Yeah, no, you know? it, it's not a good look. <laughs> Dude, I love this thing. But it's, no. it's not a good look. I, I agree 1,000%, but it, it just wasn't a big deal. And it became one, and it became and it became the typical Islanders hate. All right, they couldn't hate on the Islanders' play that game because they ended up winning. So now we got to fuck up the – now we got to talk about That's the fans. We have to find a way to hate on the Islanders. That's a See now you're being a homer. Uh, no, 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 I'm not because that that's all it is. That's all it ever is. The Islanders the were the team that everybody wanted to win. Debatable. Debatable. No, it isn't. You saw all the polls. You, you saw the America's team thing. That was just based on tweets. It was. Yeah, like you a- keep bringing up Twitter. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> enough. Enough. Um, Let's get to your pain and suffering. Now, game seven. And before we get into it, I'm going to say this and make fun of me. Say what you want. But I couldn't watch the game. Literally. Uh, again, it was my girlfriend's birthday. So uh, I went out with her family for dinner. And... Uh, Luckily enough, we went to Cheesecake Factory where we were sitting. I was able to watch probably a TV over 100 feet away from me. They have good fried mac and cheese balls there. That's what I got. Oh, dude. For an appetizer. I love that. I love those. So I was able to see it. I was able to see the score and I was able to see the ice and I was able to see the players. But like, you know, I couldn't like it wasn't like watching the game, you know. And of course, I'm interacting with her family and uh, I'm talking with her, you know, her friend. So uh, I'm not like watching the game so uh make fun of me if you want i only got to watch literally the last five minutes of the game uh and well actually and also on the way home i was listening to it so um i did listen to it on the way home and uh pain suffering <laughs> pain like it's it a just, terrible game yeah i mean i from my point of view and again i think you should probably talk more because you actually watched the game but what I will say is from what I was able to see from my vantage point and from the when I was able to look up at the screen, it I just saw Verlamov the entire yeah. the entire first period. And then the second period, it looked like the same to me. It looked like I every time I looked up, they were in the Islander zone. And yeah. uh it, it just 
after the first period, though, it being nothing, you know, 0-0, zero, zero, I, I was like, I haven't seen the game, but I'm glad we're at this point. You know, I'm I, going into the second period, no score. It's not 8 nothing, so uh, yeah. I'm happy. Yeah, exactly. I, I, think, I think this team can do it. And then uh, I look up, right? I see that the Islanders are on a power play. I'm like, okay. Uh, you know, then I'm eating, I'm talking. And then, uh, like, not even, not even a full, like, 15, 20 seconds go by. Uh, yeah. And then I, I, all of a sudden I see it's one nothing, And now, now I'm like, who's leading? Because I can't even really see it. And I see Tampa's leading, and I still see the Islanders on a power play. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I don't understand. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, well, no. Well, yeah, we need yeah, to talk you, about, well, can you yeah. Me, can so, you give me some insight as to what happened? What went wrong? What what went right? That's probably the better question besides Varlamov. I mean, he was he was the only thing that actually, you know, gave the team a chance. It could have easily been a five one game, a hundred percent. Like the way that the Lightning played, it was incredible. Um, you know, and a huge part of it was uh, the defense blocking shots. That pairing of Ryan McDonough and Eric Chernak, beautiful pairing. They blocked probably like ten shots in total between the two of them. They were clogging the lanes, making it difficult for the Islanders, who are usually pretty stoic when they're in the offensive yeah. zone. You know, they don't yeah. move. They, were, they just try to pass it. They were getting in the passing lanes, getting in the shooting lanes. They were just clogging up the middle of the ice. You know, they were playing uh, an aggressive style then, too, to force bad passes. Um, and I want to talk about that penalty kill, uh, the shorthanded goal, and how fucking ludicrous it was. Um, seeing it, who was it? It was Anthony Sorelli comes into the zone. And so that lightning go for a line change to get the tired players off the ice. I think it was like 30 seconds in. So then, as Yanni Gord comes off the ice, Nobody picks him up. All three of them are looking and trying to dig at Anthony Sorelli, who's against the boards. All three of the people in the Islander zone are on one player on the wall in their own zone. You can't leave the middle of the ice open like that. Despite them being on a line change, you guard near the front of the net to make sure somebody doesn't come up from uh, from the neutral zone into the into the offensive zone. And what is that? What do they do? They don't guard it. Anthony Sorelli passes it right to Yanni Gord, and he. He snipes it right on Varlamov. Varlamov had no chance. Um, it was a good goal, you know, and it sucks. It sucks to see that kind of thing, especially because, again, three of them should not have been chasing Anthony Sorelli in the defensive zone. For a season to end on a shorthanded goal yeah, is... And the, and the Islanders just looked devastated after that. They looked terrible after that. Um, it took until about the end of the second period, maybe last, last minute or two of the second yeah, period. That's when I started start listening pick. to it. And yeah, I heard the that's when they started that. to kind of pick it up. Um, third period, they picked it up a bit, although they weren't getting shots on the net because, again, Tampa was blocking them. You know, they were getting, they were shoot, missing the net, hitting uh, hitting defensive players on Tampa, and it just wasn't a good game. It was, it was a pathetic game seven, to be honest. And, um, you know, Barzell was, honestly, man, Barzell was absent. The whole, the, the, the top line was absent. But and I know I'm gonna be real. No, no, yeah, the whole yeah, team yeah. was absent. The whole team was absent. Yeah, it no. was it was a, a painful game to watch. And what's just so frustrating is because you, you get you get the complete opposite the game before. Yeah, it wasn't consistent like all series long, and mm-hmm. uh, that's just so frustrating, man. Um, I don't know how the beginning of the third period was, but I'm assuming it was more of what was going on earlier, right? Of like them just getting blocked. Yeah. And uh, I, I was able to watch the final, like, let's say five to six minutes of the game. And um, I it was funny because I, I, I wore like a button down shirt and stuff. So uh, I got upstairs and I had the rally towels and I tucked it in my shirt. So I had my jersey on. And 
watching the Islanders all season long, like we like we've either watched majority of the games or all the games, like at least I. If I missed a game, I, I watched a condensed game or I read about it. I I, I listened about it. Um, every post game, everything, and like the common theme for the Islanders was them being out of the game, right? But then all of a sudden finding a way to win, finding a way to tie up the game to win the game late. And uh, with five minutes left, like that's all I ca- that's all I could think about, right? Was like, oh, they're gonna find a way. They're gonna find a way. I like I I literally believed so hard that the Islanders would find a way to do it, right? Like they would they would find the back of the net. It would go to overtime. Whatever happened then happened, but the New York Islanders, the way they play hockey this entire season, they're gonna find it at the very end of the game. And yeah. uh, there was a chance. There was a good look. I mean, Barzell at one point, right? He got set up for a one timer and had a very open look. You know, Varley, um, Varley, uh, Vasilevsky was moving, and you know he was closing the gap quick. So it wasn't like he had all day. You know, he had yeah. act quick. Um, but it was just a bouncing puck over his stick. It was a bouncing puck a over his stick. Yeah. And uh, but that was like the greatest look that I saw. And it was within the last five minutes of the game. Uh, you know, that puck comes in a little bit, you know, more control to him. You know, we're talking about overtime, you know, or we're talking about uh, a late goal in the third. Um, just devastating, man. And I, I, ha- I saw it here that, that, you know, you kept talking about it. Tampa had 21 block shots. Yeah, it was crazy. 21 blocked shots. Like, can you not steal the Islanders playbook, please? <laughs> like, can you give it back to us? Um, and now I, I wrote an essay. I did. <laughs> I did. Uh, I, I won't bog you guys down much longer, though. Uh, I'll definitely uh, go through it quick. But, uh, oh, and, and this is what I, I alluded to earlier, was uh, how people were complaining, Islander fans were complaining, and I, I thought this was stupid. Um about post-game interviews um you know after like a series loss like talking like having matthew barzell and brock nelson or whoever sit down after losing a game like that and then talk um i think it's fucking stupid for that argument i mean granted it is hard and you know it's hard to to look at them and like no you can see that they're, they're clearly like they're broken at that point and uh but i feel like you know for a fan base you know, and, and and just for for people in general, you kind of see like a different side of the players. You see them at their low point, and uh, you can see their true character. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, one guy Barzell, right? Um, I feel like he's kind of quiet in the in in like the realm of like talking about the game, right? Like he, he he gives you the hockey answers. You know, he doesn't actually really feed you much information. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm I'm. Did you see it, Barzell's post game interview? No, I didn't. It, it, that was like some of the hardest. Like I literally had a tear in my eye watching it. And I know that's corny. I know it's like a Homer thing, but like he was crying literally. Like he wasn't like I, like there wasn't tears or anything, but like he was basically crying, you know, sniffling every two seconds. And it, it, you just see Nelson's face next to him, completely Looks red. Dead. Like, like yeah. look like he was just like, and uh, he was struggling to get his words out, Barzell, and. Uh, he was he looks so upset but then he says um he's he's not so upset about him because he has a couple of years left and he can do it he said um but he's upset that a guys like greener and bales you know andy green and uh, josh bailey didn't get their chance you know you want to win these games for guys like them and uh again you know hockey answer maybe but 
I feel like that's a you know that just shows like the character and the of like a player like Barzell and the and the the love of the team like this team that they just love each other like they like yeah they're not the best of players I will agree a lot of these guys they're not like you know they're not the Steven Stamkos they're not the fucking uh, Kucherovs of the league. But uh, this is a team, and they, they care for each other, and they dig for each other. And uh, I think that, that that was really said by uh, Barry Trotz in his interview, too. Um, this is what Barry Trotz said here. He says, uh, we were the underdog in the first series. We trailed, and then we came back. Uh, we were underdogs in the second series. Same thing. Um, we were underdogs in the third series, and we almost got it done. A lot of character. We stayed to our identity, and we're on the right path. And, uh, you know, he said it best that, you know, that this is a team that through adversities, I know you laughed at me earlier, uh, when we were reading it over, but like through, like they were counted out all playoffs long, right? Yeah. You know, they, they nearly could have missed the playoffs at one point towards the end of the mm. season there. So this is a team that was, that was sliding. You know, we, we were all making fun of the Palmieri trade at that point. We we're like, why didn't we get fucking Taylor Hall? Um, <laughs> you know, this was a team that was ridiculed. That was made fun of. That was like. Oh, well, pens and four, Sidney Crosby, going to win again. Okay, no, didn't happen. The Islanders handled it in six. Okay, oh, well, you're not going to beat the perfection line. If Brad Marchand, he's going to pot in a million goals, which, uh, you know, he kind of did, but wasn't enough. <laughs> he was clearly. the only thing going for them. Clearly wasn't enough for this Islanders team. They were able to dig deep. And, you know, after two series, they were leading in scoring. The boring hockey team that never scored goals, that literally won because of defense, was leading in scoring. And now into the back-to-back years into the semifinals. Yeah. So that, for me, shows me a lot of character. Shows me a lot of, like, just team. Like, it's just a, it's an all-around, well-rounded team. And, uh, you know, no matter what you say, you know, lack of skill, you know, it's just they can break down teams over long series. And they were almost able to do it to the best team in the league. They were so close. They were one goal away. They were a bouncing puck away from uh, at least tying it up, but yeah. a bouncing puck away from from taking down this team, right? And uh, this should be a very tough offseason for the management team, you know. Uh, and w- I'm sure Which we're gonna we have do an, a deep dive. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna do we're gonna do a super deep dive. This is just my initial thoughts and my breakdown of like my initial day after reaction right now. Yeah. Um, you know. I have high hopes for them. You know, Lamorello just won GM of the year two years in a row. Whether or not it was really deserved, uh, I guess that's up for debate. But there's no doubting that Lula Lamorello, if not the best this season, is one of the best. And, you know, and him winning two back-to-back, that that just proves um, that he has, like, a good eye for the talent that he has. You know, granted, again, they're not the best players. I have it here that, you know, he's able to get it done with the misfits. You know, uh, that that's what I'll call them. I, I don't have a better term for them. I'm going to call them the misfits of the league, right? You know, they're, they're guys that, you know, they're not going to be stars, but they're able to to pitch together and make each other better. And there's not just one player who does it. You know, Matt Barzell, sure, he has great talent, but he's not going to make the entire team better. It's everybody playing for each other that makes it better. And, uh, you know, this season's going to be tough. I mean, they're up against the cap. You know, you're going to get Lee back, so... You're, you're, you're going to have a tough situation. And there is a laundry list of free agents that, again, will break down. But just, just to let you know, you know, we have Bouvillier, Adam Pellick, Ilya Sorokin. Um, you know, even UFAs, we have Sezikas and Palmieri. So, you know, there's other names too, Zajac, whatever. But those are like the main stages that ones, I want to yeah. talk about. And uh, 
there's a lot of work. There's a lot of work to be done and probably some faces that are going to leave the team that are, are going to be hard. So, but what I will say is I don't think that it was a fluke that the Islanders got here two years in a row. And, uh, yeah, yeah they were counted out, but, um, each round, as I mentioned, was an uphill battle, you know, and everything that was thrown at them, every adversity, they were able, they were able to do this without Anders Lee, the captain playing. Yeah, sure. Which, which let's uh, put, to put it into perspective, before he was injured, he was playing the best hockey of his life. He had, he was on pace to, to outdo himself any season prior. Like, um, I don't have his stats yet, but like, Anders Lee was playing phenomenal hockey. You're captain of the team. And he goes down with an ACL injury. So at that point, a lot of players, uh, a lot of people, including myself, had him counted out, you know, and uh, but they were able to do it. You know, I, I believe that every player on this team in this organization was able to find their identity, was able to find their place on the lineup, you mm-hmm. know, pull their weight in what they can do, you know, and uh, they did great. And, you know, back to management, I, I, I think that they have an eye for this team and they know what they need to improve. They know what they can lose. They know what they need to replace, and they know what they need to improve. So, um, you know, I, I'm very confident in this ownership. It's honestly one of the best in the league. I mean, did you see Ledecky, dude? Uh, John Ledecky, he's a he's a new owner. I think we got him when we, we started ago, the trots. Yeah. You know, trots and Lamorello regime. He was sat in the stands. He wasn't sitting in press boxes. Yeah, which is pretty sick. He was sitting in the stands watching the game next to Islander fans next to him. Not like suits sitting next to him. Yeah. He was sitting with fans. And then after the game, he didn't have like security guards around him. He wasn't he wasn't like a protected man, you know, behind the scenes. He was in the concourse, like in the main area with Islander fans. Yeah. He was with the with the section uh three oh eight or whatever they are, with 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 the drum banging the drum. Which is like unheard of. Like what other owner in any league, hockey, football, baseball, do you have the co-owner celebrating with you guys after a win? Yeah. I mean, granted... It, Throwing it, beer cans on the ice uh, at the time. Yeah, he probably threw a beer can at one point. Um, you know, at, at first, I thought it was kind of like a gimmick that they were tr- that they were trying to, you know, keep, you know, trying to keep a good look for him because, like, yeah. he was riding the, the train to the games when they were at Barclays. Mm. But, like, he's putting in such an effort to be a part of the team, the fan base, that it gives it like a family feel. And, you know, whether it, whether it's him from the top or, or the fans in the, in the in the parking lot celebrating every game or, or at Pirelli's or online oh. on social media, like they're, they're – well, yeah, I know. You, we make fun of Barstool, but they – the fans are just crazy. And uh, it, it's just such a family feel for everybody. Yeah. And, um, man, the fans – this is the last thing I'll say, and you know we uh, we can move on. And uh, and the fans, dude, they it, it's just <laughs> I know it's it's annoying sometimes for for people outside of the Islanders fan base. Um, I'm sure I'm, I'm I'm quite annoying to you, and uh, not not necessarily just you, but everybody. And again, this again I said I'll say it one more time: the people on Twitter, uh, just people in general, kind of have like this stigma against Islander fans that we're just painfully annoying which which i can understand right you know i I can i can totally understand that some of our antics and some of our our things are are, are quite uh you know hard to understand but um i think what people just need to come to terms with is that it's just pure fashion uh passion from these fans and like it it i've been a lifelong yankee fan and, and i 
I was able to experience a World Series, right? Mm-hmm. You know, with this team, but I, I've never felt the passion that I feel for the Islanders than I, I ever felt for the Yankees. You know, and I, I played fair. baseball. You know, I I, I was I've, growing up, I was more involved with baseball than I ever was with hockey. And I, I've never had this feeling. And I, I feel like the fans never had the same feeling than they do yeah. about this Islanders team. Definitely. And uh, which could be annoying, you know, and I, I understand that. But um, I have a note here. I, I just want to mention it. And I know we talked about it. But, like, my last time for game, at least, at Nassau Coliseum, right? It's just, like, this feeling of, like, family there, right? Because, like, there were so many, like, little kids with, like, their family and uh, – you know, it was the Islander Bruins game. I think it was game three that I went to. And it was this little girl who was probably had to be at most the age of six. Right. And uh, she was standing behind me chanting, Boston sucks. Boston <laughs> sucks. And as know, it should be, as you should be. And like, that's a little six year old little girl chanting Boston sucks and her dad cheering her on. And uh, oh, after Bouvillier's, you know, uh, you know, goal there, uh, you saw it on the on the TV. This dad had his child lifted up as if it was like Simba. You see that clip? And uh, yeah, it was did. it's such a it's such a organic feeling for this Islanders team. And uh, you know, you, you check them out online. You know, you, you you click on the hashtag Isles, and it's just passionate fans who truly believe in this team. So from the top down, from ownership to to head coaches to coaching staff to to management to to the players, to the fans, it all just feels organic, and it feels, it feels like they truly embrace that that underdog team. And uh, I, I'm I'm super excited for the future. Um, I know this is going to be a tough off season. I I hope the wheels don't fall off. Um, but I but but in lieu we trust, right? You know, in lieu we trust. Back to back GM, GM of, the year, of the year, back to back baby. So you know he's going to do something good for us. And uh, I know I just talked to everyone's ear off. They're probably like stop listening halfway through, but yeah, that was that was Damien's dissertation, dude. I I wrote an essay and I had to talk about it. I had to say, it yeah, of course. It, you know, after it happened, you know, yeah, just disappointing, man. I I, I truly believe this was it, man. And I, I know that's stupid, and I know everybody no, not feels at all. that way, but uh, but especially because Montreal was the other team that the well, you know, that somebody. was the thing too. Like, I, no, no discredit to to Montreal, but they play a similar system. They play, yeah, and. We would have had a, a better look at Mon- like Montreal opposed to Vegas, opposed to Vegas. Well, opposed to, to, to Tampa too. Like like Tampa would have been is, is our mountain, right? That Tampa Bay Lightning, yeah, are the bane of our existence. Like we we have to tackle this mountain. We have to tackle this dragon. We have to slay this dragon. No 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 no. It's the Vancouver Canucks thing. Don't say that. Oh. Sorry, sorry, sorry. 2011 against the Chicago Blackhawks. Alex Burroughs, double overtime, slayed the dragon. Okay, okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, You slayed the wildebeest. Slay the wildebeest. (laughs) Do whatever. You know, uh, bottle the lightning. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Bottle the lightning here. And they they need to take down, you know, their their enemy, their their, their sworn enemy. You know what? There there probably really isn't a rivalry, but I I think. No, there definitely is. I think, especially if we play them again in the playoffs. No, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, that, just that, look at how yesterday was played. I mean, I mean, you didn't see it, but they were they were like tight checking the whole game. Yeah, so there, there's definitely like, this is it, man. This is our, this is who we're gonna have to beat. And I, I guarantee you, Tampa next season, you know, their bullshit ways will find a way to be back in the same spot. And uh, the Islanders, I hope they do too. And I, I hope we're able to to beat them. You know, yeah. I hope they overcome it. And honestly, if we would have done it and faced Montreal, there was nothing stopping us. I agree with that. You know that they're. they're 
granted, they beat Vegas. You know, they beat Toronto. They they had a great run. They have a great run. Well, they're getting hot. Yeah, they're getting but, hot at the right time. But I mean, it sucks. It sucks. Yeah. All right. I don't know. I'm done. I'm done. I'm sorry. I took all of you guys' time, but uh, I hope you guys understand that the pain, the true pain the of suffering. being an Islander fan, the, the the suffering of being an Islander fan at this point. Um. I'm excited though. You know, we're we're gonna do our deep dives about draft. Yeah. Um, we're gonna do our deep dives about you know uh, cap situations for for our teams, especially and probably some highlighted teams that we want to discuss. Uh, yeah. so stay tuned, guys. It, it, just because you know the Islanders and Canucks are done, uh, doesn't mean that there's gonna be more content coming out about them. We're we're definitely gonna do uh, all that we can to keep the content fresh on those guys. So uh, without a without anything else, without me wasting any more time, let's move on. To your Canucks because some major uh, things happen, man. Uh, some major things to be happy about. Yeah, Finally, happy. Yeah, being yeah. a Canucks fan and happy in the same sentence, I feel like hasn't been able to be said in a couple of uh, weeks now. The but, couple um, of years. No, no, More no, like no, 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 no. There were some things to be happy about. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. Made yeah. some playoff pushes, but uh, yeah. Um, take it away, Justin. Let's hear it. Yeah, I don't have as much as uh, an essay as Damien had, but um, <laughs> the uh, yeah, the Canucks finally broke the news of the Sedin. Uh, the Sedins being hired as special assistants to the GM, which everyone keeps cracking jokes about, about how this is like Dwight on The Office being the assistant to the regional manager. <laughs> However, this will be much more than uh, th- there'll be much more than paper pushers like Dwight uh, Schrute was. Um, so the uh, the direct quote actually from the ex- uh, from the media availability is that the Sedins will learn and support all areas of the team's hockey operations, including player evaluation development and communication from the amateur to the NHL level. And uh, they'll also work collaboratively with Abbotsford's AHL staff and coaches participate in amateur and pro scouting meetings and participate in planning for the draft free agency and the trade deadline. Now to me, that kind of sounds like a GM. Um, So I I really think that, you know, just like uh, people on Twitter, like Damien said, the whole episode, I mean, I'm abusing that button. I'm so sorry. I love it. dude. Uh, I can't wait till we can do it. I know. Um, so, yeah, but so um, like Damien said on this whole episode, people on Twitter, you know, they um, have been saying that the G- um, the scenes are being groomed for the GM role uh, to take over Benning's role. And um, which become, is great. That would be which, cool. Which but great. but if they do a good job, but we don't know, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, these are, this is their first role, right? And yeah, any type it's of their first role. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so, you know, we need to see what happens. Um, it seems like they're going to ha- have their hand in everything, which is pretty sick, if you ask me. And um. You know, this looks like it's more than a PR move, uh, like the Trevor Linden hire was a PR move. <laughs> but you know, uh, you never know how this will play out. I mean, the Canucks, uh, Canucks, the Sedins, they uh, spoke to Trevor Linden before. They got his input. They spoke to other uh, previous management people um, about whether or not they should be uh, taking this role, and they're trying to do it smartly, which is nice. Um, and again, you know, there wasn't much. Um, the Canucks besides all of this but Elliot Freeman said on 31 thoughts I believe it was yesterday he said that he doesn't think the Sedin's being brought in as assistance to the regional manager no I'm just kidding as assistant special assistance to the GM um was Benning's idea he thinks that I mean he didn't I don't think he excrupulated on that so um but I don't know man it makes 100% sense because like the, what they're going to be learning what they're going to be doing kind of sounds like you alluded to that maybe one day they'll they'll take over that role which is kind of crazy if you think about it like when like they played together right and now they're jo- joining a gm role oh not gm role they're joining a management role together 
Are they going to be the first like duo yes. GM? Yes, yes, yes. How the hell would that work? Co GM, dude. Split. I think I think that's like that that special twin brain Telepathy, wave where yeah. they're able to like talk well, to each other. So it's actually speaking. really funny. I was listening to the Vancast, um, the Athletics Vancouver podcast, Thomas Stranson, Jeff Patterson, Canucks fan, go check it out if you haven't. And I believe it was Thomas Stranson said that there was a story about when um, the Sedins had their signing bonuses or player bonuses, whichever one. And um, if one of them hit a certain amount of goals or points, then they were going to split it 50-50 with the other one. And the reasoning was, the logic behind it was that because I wouldn't be able to do it without him. Wow, that's actually dope. And and I think that's so fucking cool. And another thing that I actually didn't put in here that they said was, I think it was Henrik that said it. And he said that, you know, you need to be, in order for a team to succeed, players need to play above their contracts. Yeah. And I think that was super telling. And um, because the scene's contracts were like $3.5 million. Like, yeah, they were never like, they never made like they never tore down the team. Yeah, they weren't awesome. <laughs> and it's just crazy. And I and I I'm hoping, you know, that having this um that these rock solid character development guys, who are amazing people, so I hear. And um, I hope that having them in the organization and helping run shit helps the family feel. Helped exactly like and like we like we've said before, creating a culture. The Islanders yeah. created a culture now to where exactly. they're consistent contenders now and you know the Canucks need to do that you know where people buy into this and they buy into the feel of it and they buy into wanting to be a part of it and I feel like if you're gonna do it starting with these two guys you know the Zadine twins is the perfect route I mean two players who 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 meant a lot to the city who meant a lot to this organization beforehand and now they're coming in stepping in and, and and taking this role and yeah you're right I mean I hope it all goes well you know I hope they really do have the have the impact or you know the responsibilities that they're, they're said to yeah you know and uh they learn and they, and they do a lot for this team because uh that would be great for this team and you know i i really root for the canucks now i never thought i'd say that you know before me and you started this podcast but uh if it ain't if it ain't the islanders you know i hope the canucks they they do it you know so i hope they uh i hope this forces a lot of changes and i hope this like kind of like puts a fire under Benning's ass in a sense because oh the fire's already fucking well, there well of course of course the fire's already <laughs> I there i mean if the, if the banner didn't say it you know well okay well then maybe not not, not i know you know i know maybe support mean. then maybe support then because you know you're, you're gonna be able to fall back on these guys yeah and uh sorry i thought you, so. I, I was gonna make a joke but i lost it okay okay so i hope i you know i hope that um, i lost it like Benning lost six million dollars in cash space for the past six years in louis erickson <laughs> Dude, what a button. Dude, see, this is this is why, man. Now, I'm so glad you're back. I hope we do this for yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, and uh, it's beautiful. You know, we got we got this beautiful setup going on, and uh, I know we alluded to it a lot before how we wanted video and stuff, but uh, I, I definitely want to eventually uh, take this uh, podcast further, man. It'll be dope. Yeah, it'll be dope. And anyway, um, anything else you want to mention about the Canucks before we go off on other tangents and stuff? No, I was gonna say uh, we should head into our last. Uh, our little competition that we're gonna have. Yeah, I I need to actually. Oh, you need to pull it up. I need to pull. Come oh on, my God, man. I'm not signed into the athletic. Damien. Oh, I thought there was uh, a boo button. A boo I thought button. there was a boo button. We Wait, need... what? Well, this we can act like this is the Seinfeld thing. You know, yeah. boom, 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 boom. So yeah, that could be our boo button. So yeah, I'm not logged into the athletic. So boom. as you guys heard earlier, I eventually uh, Justin's here, so now I'm on a laptop, not my normal setup. So I'm not. 
Yes, yes, yes. Justin's back. <laughs> so, um, oh, I meant about the laptop. But yeah, yeah. That's oh, it. okay. Yeah. So I'm on a laptop. So I'm not even logged in to my athletic account here. Which hopefully I just got the password right. Oh my god. Um. So to yeah, yeah, um, keep going. <laughs> yeah. So to to take over for a quick second to mansplain. No, I'm just playing. Um. So to talk about this. Um. I've instead of Caesar sneeze for the week because I found it pretty difficult. Uh, to create a Caesar or to get a season sneeze for the week um, when there's only four teams playing. Now there's only me too. I found this article on The Athletic uh, from Down Goes Brown. How well do you know the NHL rulebook? Probably better than the refs, but still take our quiz. And so basically it's just like I think it's 16 um, crazy out there rules. And uh, Damien and I are going to we're going to compete to see who would be the better ref. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, so it does look do you like have it's it 16. Up? Yeah, I have it up now. Okay. I got the password right. So, I, I think the way that we should do it, because we're both on different laptops. So, yeah. you know, one of us reads one question and everything then, and we'll go over the... I don't know if... The, is this is this like copyright or something? Probably not. Well, well we're well, doing it. We'll, 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 well, we're manipulating it. It's uh, we'll Sean, them. right? Sean McIndoo? Yeah, Sean McIndoo. McIndoo. Sean McIndoo of The Athletic. Of he down goes, former Down Goes Guys, Brown. if you're not already, you know, yeah, this seriously. is our plug, you know... I think there was a deal at one point to get athletic for a year for like a dollar. Yeah, man. It's cr- but and and like even too, if not. Well, it, and so listen. So, I mean, I know with the VanCast, what they do is like they give like deals to new listeners. I think that's how I got it. I got it for like, I think, $2 for a year or something yeah. like that. And so if you listen to your favorite team's athletic show, you just have to look up on your favorite podcast thing. Like, oh, whatever. Say, for instance, like Hurricane's athletic show. Like you could probably like find one and then they'll be then they'll talk about it and they'll say okay you know you can listen to this you know whatever there's you can read promos this for like two bucks a month there's and they'll promos. give you a code so yeah um, um it's definitely worth the money though by the 100%, way 100 like, especially if you really love hockey it's 100 and even if you don't even if you just want to learn if you want to and dude the journalism in this shit is nuts yeah the like, way the like, storytelling that they do the featured and articles the breakdowns. The and breakdowns. like you would never you would never ex- like you will never get this type of information and type of like understanding of the sport realistically anywhere like espn or anything like that like you you need the athletic if you're not there yet do it sign up hopefully we'll get a code eventually one day yeah Um, and you know it's and you know it's like for me like i have pretty bad adhd and so it's like it it i i can read it yeah i can read through it i can sit through it and it's awesome and and there's also like a you get you can you can feel the the author in it too yeah they all have their own twists on it especially for the team um, writers Arthur Staple of the Islanders. Oh, I love um, him, dude. He's a really good writer, and Thomas Drance and Harmon Dial of the Vancouver Canucks Athletic. Um, go check them out. Anyway, yeah. let's get into yeah, this. let's get into it. <laughs> How well do you know the NHL rulebook? So uh, I guess I'll start reading it. All right, and you select it. Don't tell me what you select. Yeah, yeah, we won't. We'll do it at the end. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so you guys got to remember the kind of questions. Although I guess we could read it really quick and yeah, then give you the answer at the end. Yeah. So um, <laughs> so the first question: Some penalties in the rulebook can only be minors, never majors. Of the following penalties, which is the only one that can result in a major and game misconduct? So the choices are hooking, tripping, holding, and delay of game. All right. Uh, so I guess we could say what the answers are, right? Obviously, we're not going to give our answer. Well, that's what I just read. I just read what the choices were. Oh, you... <sighs> the most I, I guess them. I was reading so intently and trying to like think that like I blacked out. I so apologize. Yeah, so it's I hooking. Like an idiot. That was so dumb. <laughs> hooking, tripping, holding, and delay of game are the choices. Yes. In sorry, case you I were was, zoning like, out like Damien so did. I was so focused on answering. <laughs> I was like, I can't get this wrong. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so sorry. Um, You would think I'm not even in here, in a room. But anyway, 
Here's the next question. Question number two. Other penalties can never be minors, even if no injury occurs on the play. Of the following four penalties, which is the only one which an official can award two minutes? Um, the options are spearing, clipping, slew footing, and checking from behind. Now, I know it's not that, and I know it's not that. Um, All right. Okay. I, I, I think I'm confident in that one. I'm not, but, you know. It's one of two, so I have a 50-50 shot. Um, which of the following actions by goaltenders? It's question three. Uh, which we can see happen, or which we see happen in just about every game, is technically a penalty according to the rule book. Drinking from a water bottle without first obtaining permission from an official, removing a puck from the goal after a scoring play before the linesman can retrieve it, freezing the puck in the crease when not being directly checked by an attacking player, dropping to the ice and remaining there without immediately attempting to return to a standing position. So this is a rough one yeah this is this is where we're gonna start getting some ones wrong um, oh i've i've definitely gotten the first two wrong well, well i tried to do the first five questions last night i'll say as a preface but my app didn't go i don't know what the correct yeah, answers yeah, are yeah, yeah, but either. i already know the choices that i that all right I well i don't want to take so long so i'm just gonna guess here i guess but uh i mean that's really all it is I'm going to say it's this one. I, I feel like it happens, though. Whatever. Anyway, let's move on. Question number four, right? Um, according to the rule book, can a goaltender who has left the ice for an extra attacker return to the ice on the same shift? For example, if the other team has established possession in the offensive zone. Huh. I've never seen that happen. Um, I've seen it happen where they're on their way to the bench and then they run back. <laughs> But I've yeah, never quite seen it. Never come actually. Off, yeah. Um, and then come back on. So, well, I don't want to. <laughs> uh, so the, the the answer is sorry. Um, no, the goaltender must remain on the bench until the next stoppage. Um, yes, he is allowed to return as long as the extra attacker leaves the ice at the same time. Um, yes, he can return, but not if it's overtime. Yes, he can return, but only if it is overtime. Okay, I submitted my answer. So did um, I. And I'm relying. <laughs> I guess I can say it later. Um, I don't want to give any hints here. Yeah. I have to win here. Uh, so we all know that icing isn't called if a team is killing a penalty. But what if the shorthanded team shoots the puck down the ice with one second left in the penalty, but it only crosses the goal line at the other end after the penalty expires? Would that be icing? Okay. Okay. I feel like I'm confident on that one. Yeah. All right. So question number. Oh, God. I lost count already. Six. Six. Uh, that's what I was going to guess. So the Sharks are playing the Coyotes. At the same point in the game, the Sharks lose a player and have to finish with 17 skaters. The game goes to a shootout, and we're still tied after 17 rounds. The Coyotes have one more player who hasn't shot yet, but the Sharks don't. What happens now? <laughs> um... By the way, this would never happen. No, no, none. Never like, in a million years. I don't think any of these have ever happened. That's the last one that I know that I picked. Uh, um, Jesus. I guess. All right. 
I'm just going to submit that one. Whether or not it's right, probably not. <laughs> um, so question seven. We know that a goalie can't touch the puck in either corner outside of the trapezoid behind the net. But there's an exception to the rule that makes it legal for the goalie to touch the puck under what circumstances? He plays the puck with his skate or equipment, but not his stick. He keeps at least one skate in his crease throughout the play. The puck has been shot into his zone by the opposing goaltender without being touched by any players. And after the puck playing the puck, he immediately proceeds to his own bench without attempting to return to his crease. I got my answer. All right. Um... Wow. Okay. Uh, I have my answer, I guess. All right. So question number eight, right? Every fan is familiar with the high sticking penalty. One of the most common infractions in the game. Whack an opponent with a high stick and it's two minutes or more. But what actually determines whether a stick is high or not for the purpose of giving the penalty? I should know the answer to this one. Do you want to read the choices? Oh, sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, I, all right, so the first answer is whether it's carried above the crossbar. Second one is whether it's carried above the offending player's shoulder. Uh, third is whether it's carried above the opposing player's shoulder. Wait. Oh, offending player's shoulder, now opposing player's shoulder. And now the last answer is whether it's carried above the opposing player's shoulder, but only when that player is in an upright position. All right, I answered that one. Uh, you ready? While it's rare these days, teams can call for a stick measurement on an opponent who they suspect is is using an illegal curve. But what happens if a team calls for a measurement before a penalty shot and the shooter's stick is found to be illegal? Uh, the shooter still gets to shoot, but it gets a penalty award uh, penalty afterwards. The shooter does not get to shoot and gets a penalty afterwards. The shooter does not get to shoot but does not receive a penalty. You cannot call for a stick measurement prior to a penalty shot. Well, see, now this question is unfair. And my grief with the, I just guess. Well, my grief with the with the officiating is the consistency, <laughs> not, oh, if there's a stick measurement. No. Yeah, no, exactly. All right. Anyway, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to guess here. Um, sure. Beautiful. All right. So next question here. Let's say that the Bruins are playing the Flames. During a scramble in the Calgary's crease, the puck appears to cross the goal line and Boston players celebrate. But the play continues and the Flames take the puck down the ice and score at the other end. On review, it's confirmed that the original Bruins goal did cross the line, but also that it was kicked in with a distinctive kicking motions. According to the rulebook, how do we sort this out? First option, the Boston goal counts. Second, the Calgary goal counts. Third, neither goal counts. Fourth, both goals count. Okay. Wait, whoa. I need to like read this. Yeah, reread it. It's a tongue twister. Let's see. I think I want some more uh, champagne. Bruins and playing the Are flames. you down for some more champagne? Or oh, you open that beer? I open the beer. All right, fuck it. I guess During a scramble it. in the Calgary Cleat. Yeah, we got, we got that exclusive uh, champagne, the $8 special. <laughs> Although I might put another hole in my ceiling. Yeah, right? That was crazy, the first shot. Yeah, the puck appears across the goal line and Boston players celebrate. Play continues and Flames take the puck down the ice and score at the other end. On review, it's confirmed that the original Bruins goal didn't cross the line. Oh my god. (laughs) 
I, I still love that. All right, I think I got it. All right, you got it? Yeah, I think so. Did you pick? Yeah, I picked. I think I'm good. So I'm ready for the next oh, one. Oh, all right. Um, there's no such thing as a roughing major. The penalty is a two-minute minor under all circumstances except for what oddly specific type of punch, which according to the rulebook is the only way to receive a match penalty for roughing. Wow. A player punching a referee, linesman, or off-ice official. A goaltender punching an opponent with his blocker. An opponent punching a player who's actively being treated by a trainer or medical personnel. Oh, shit. A, a player punching, yeah, a player punching a member of the opposing coaching staff. All right, so I think I got it. Roughing major. I could be wrong, but I think I have it. Just got myself another mimosa. The mimosa special. I should have done that instead of uh. If you want, it, you could toss out the beer. It's totally fine. You want another one? No, it's all right. You sure? Yeah. It's not a big deal. No, it's all right. I have about 30 million Miller lights in that thing, so you can fuck. take as many as you want from me. Um, fuck, man. All right. I just guess. Okay. All right. Um, hockey players have always been encouraged to finish their check, even on opponents who no longer have the puck. But hits can also be too late, resulting in an interference play. How long is too long? A late I hit is defined one. by the rule, back, uh, rule book as... This is Justin's favorite call here. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. All right. The first option. Sorry. One that is initiated by the checking player after his opponent no longer possesses the puck. One that takes place half a second or longer after an opponent no longer possesses the puck. One that takes place after the checking player has time to take two or more strides towards the opponent who no longer possesses the puck. The rule book. The rule book does not define a late hit. Well, that would be unfair if they didn't do that. But then again, that would make sense with the NHL. Just make it up as you go, guys. You know? Yeah, you, you exactly. You see a guy it's getting punched subjective. in the face, just turn around. That was the thing that fucking happened. Though. Uh, we didn't even talk about that. But anyway. Um. So uh, the next one, I don't know what number this is. <laughs> yeah, we're okay. 16, 15, number 13. Tripping seems like a pretty basic call, so it may surprise you that the rule book actually defines specific body parts a player can commit the infraction with. Which of the following is not included in the list of penalty-worthy ways you can trip an opponent. Uh, with your shin, with your knee, with your hands, with your elbow. So now, two of these answer. make sense and two of them don't make sense. I know my answer. You know the answer? I think so. Well, I think I'm I almost go... I almost told you what I I think, I think it it's that one considering I don't know what that one is, but I don't want to know. Yeah, yeah. You guys, we're not cheating. So, anyway, next one. Uh, the rule book's basic definition of cross-checking. <laughs> oh, God. Is the action of using the shaft of the stick between the two hands to forcibly check an opponent. Which other factors are included in determining on whether a cross-checking infraction has been committed? Um, the first option is the location on the ice where the check is delivered. Uh, to the location of the opponent's body where the contact occurs. Straight in the back like uh, Scott Mayfield. Um, third, the position of the opponent being checked relative to the direction from which the check is delivered. Or lastly, none of the above. All right. Yeah, I think I think that's safe. All right. Question 15 out of 16. The puck over glass penalty is a controversial one with some fans appreciating the black and white nature of the rule. If a player sends the puck directly over the glass from his defensive zone, even accidentally, it's an automatic penalty. But there's one exception in the rule book. 
It's actually not a penalty if a player sends the puck directly over the glass under which of the following circumstances. Fuck. Um, so the options are with his hand or body instead of stick, when playing the puck directly from with own, within his own team's crease, directly off of a face-off, and if the player in question is a goaltender. All right. I got it. I feel confident about this one. Oh. I'm stuck between two. Um, actually, yeah, I'm actually stuck between two now that I reread it. Are we thinking of the same two? I think so. Probably. It's the only two that make sense. Okay. But then again, I don't really make sense often, so. Neither do the refs. <laughs> Dude, I love the button. No, All no. right. All right, last Last, one. but not least, it's my read, right? Yeah. Uh, finally, finally, we are used to seeing referees signal penalties when they're called, but not every penalty in the rulebook has a hand signal defined for it. Which of the following penalties does not no. have a signal associated with it? Um... <sighs> All right, I got it. Uh, that was a complete okay. guess on my fault, on my part. Don't tell me what you got. Did you submit? Just did. Okay. Um, the screen's blank. Yeah, my screen's blank too. Oh, you scroll up and do view score. See what I mean? Hold up. I'm <gasps> oh my god! You did bad. <laughs> You gotta scroll up to see it. Yeah, you gotta scroll like all the way up towards okay. the top. Oh god, oh god! It doesn't tell you. Oh, it does tell you what the correct um, answers are. Oh god! Fuck. Oh no! Okay, so I'll, I'll say mine first. I got a total of five out of sixteen. <laughs> Me too. Okay. All right. Thank okay. God. Okay. So five out of sixteen, based on this. Uh, <laughs> so based out on on the score on on his scale. Uh, between four and seven correct, you're as reliable as an NHL's referee's microphone. <laughs> um, All right. So I guess we'll go through it quickly, right? Yeah, And we'll say quick, what we yeah. answered and got wrong. So number one, I picked holding. Um, I picked tripping. All right. So the correct answer was hooking. All right. So that was some penalties in the rulebook can be minors, never majors, of the following penalties, which is the one that can result in a major and a game misconduct. How is hooking ever going to be? Probably if you maybe like if you were to like hook somebody in the neck or something. So, well, yeah. So, oh, he says here, feedback. Rule 55 specifies that hooking that results in injury should result in a major in game Uh, misconduct. I mean, I feel like a a tripping or a. Oh, I knew the next one. I should have fucking picked it. Oh, I got it. Cool. So. um, So, well, I don't think we need to read the question, right? Yeah. Okay. Probably not. Save Um, some time. So number two, I picked slew footing and the answer was clipping. Yeah, I picked clipping. So I'm glad I got that one right. Yeah, I I think honestly that's just my ignorance that I didn't know what clipping was. Oh, see, I was on a roll here on the next one. Oh, you picked okay. Uh, so three, I I got it wrong. Also, I picked drinking from a water bottle without first abstaining, obtaining permission from an official, and uh, the correct answer was freezing the puck in the crease when not being directly checked by an attacking player. Yes, yes, that's the one that I got. Which I feel like kind of happens throughout the game where like the players aren't really in the crease. Which kind of made it feel a little weird, but then I started thinking about it. It's like, what if the guy like almost iced the puck, but it went on to the goalie and he froze the yeah. puck and nobody was around? That never happened. So that's why I went with that one. Yeah. Um, the next one, uh, I got it wrong. Me too. All right, I picked. Uh, it's um. What is it? Uh, the goaltender thing, whatever. Um, 
I, I put, yes, he's allowed to return as long as Extra Attacker leaves the ice at the same yeah, time. Yeah, I picked that one, too. That yeah. makes more sense. Because you know what I, I, I relied on? My my uh, idea was I felt like, at least in an old NHL game, you were able to go back, pause the game, go oh, back, and yeah, then yeah, allow yeah. your goaltender to go back. Uh-huh. I felt like I felt like in my head that that used to be a set. That, that used to be a thing. I mean, it's also probably like NHL 07. Yeah, maybe that was a rule change. <laughs> well, actually, did they say that? So, feedback. If you want to get technical, this weirdly specific rule only applies in the regular season. Make it one of the only cases where they are really are different rules for the playoffs. It's rel- it's related to the fact that giving up an empty net goal in overtime forfeits a team's loser point, which is a whole hmm. other thing if you're going to... Huh. So, technically, so, yes, we were he can right. return, but not if it's overtime. Well, technically, we were still wrong, but all right, whatever. Anyway, um, the next one, the icing thing, uh, I got it right. I said it wasn't icing. Yes, me too. You got it right. Okay, yeah. cool. Uh, the next one I picked the Sharks can use a player who is already a shot, while the Coyotes must use their last remaining option. Me too. And the, the correct they, answer well, was both teams can use a player who is already shot. That kind of makes sense. That does make sense, yeah. Okay, uh, we all know that, oh, well, this one here about the trapezoid behind the net, you know, where, where can he play the puck? Um, I chose the puck has been shot into yep. his own by an opposing goaltender without being touched by any players, but um, it's as long as he keeps one skate in his crease throughout the play, which was the two that I had in my I mind. I was going to think about that yeah, one. That, yeah, that was or the I two was that I had in my mind, one. but then I was thinking about it, and I was like, well, I feel like there's times where they come out of their crease, right? Yeah. Um. So this one, I really thought that I had the next one. Um, Me too. It's about the high stick, and I said whether it's carried above the opposing player's shoulder, oh, but only no. when that player is in an upright position. I and picked I picked the crossbar because I, I feel like the crossbar is played in the zone. That's for a goal. Yeah, that's for a goal. So I, I think that, that was that thrown in there to played. yeah. yeah um, the correct answer was whether or not it's carried above the opposing player's shoulder. So whether um, they're crouched or not, that's kind of bullshit. Yeah, um, I got this wrong too. Yeah, the next one. Um, it's about the stick measurement. I said that the shooter does not get to shoot, but does not receive a penalty. And um, the shooter still gets to shoot, but gets a penalty afterwards. Was so the I picked answer. the shooter does not get to shoot and gets a penalty. Mm. It's halfway. That makes there. sense, though, too. Yeah. I mean, when have we ever seen a stick measurement? I don't think never. I've ever seen that. Um, uh, this one I got right. Yeah, me too. Oh, okay. So well, the, this one, I mean, it makes complete sense. They just sense. play the... They make the play dead after exactly. the Bruins player kicked it yeah. in. So yeah, so neither goal. They, they would they would retract the time up until that point. Yeah. Um. This one I don't understand because it happens all the fucking time and it doesn't get called. Never. Literally never. <laughs> so this is about the the roughing being a major. Um. And I put a player punching a referee, linesman, or off ice official. Me too, because I feel like when that happens. But then I was thinking I was like maybe that's a game misconduct, but whatever. But so the correct answer but was a goaltender. Yeah, well, a goaltender punching an opponent with his blocker. Um, so I actually want to read the feedback just in case all of those other offenses would be penalized and could even be considered majors. Yeah, but according to the rule, a goalie throwing a punch with his blocker is the only scenario in which a match penalty. But it's not true. So we he even says in his feedback that we were technically right. But in the rule book, technically. So, you know what? We got 6 of 13. So, um, it's fine. So, the next one is the finishing the check. And I put the rule book does not define a lead hit. I said, um, oh, you got that one right? Yeah. So, I said only that takes place after the checking player has a time to take two or more strides oh, towards an opponent. See, I knew that one. Yeah, it's really? That, yeah. That's kind of bullshit. It is. 
They need 100%. to they need to clarify that because what? I I I I can't believe that. Um so the next one is I uh, had no fucking clue about this one. Yeah, this well this one I thought so it makes no sense. It was sense it was the tripping now. one and I put um it's not included in list of thing. I put with your knee because I thought kneeing was its own penalty. And so I thought that it was like under a different classification, but apparently it's with your shin. Um, that's not tripping. And it makes sense too. Um, so yeah, I mean, you can trip with your hand and your elbow. If you're like like on the ice, you know, you go throwing bows. Yeah, I know. I put elbow because I figured it was elbowing. Mm, oh, that's good. That's good. That's so good. that's why I went with elbow because I figured that's a whole different rule and its own thing. But um, I guess not. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so the next one, the cross-checking one, um, I got that correct. I said none of the above. Uh, yeah, me too. All right. Um, then for the, the puck over glass one, I put with his hand or body instead of his stick. Yeah, I got that me wrong. Too. I Directly knew off it. of Facebook. Uh, I Facebook, knew it. That was my I second knew it. That too. was my second. Yeah, okay. So we, we were wrong in the same sense. And uh, the last one with the which one, which for the following penalties I does not have too. a signal associated with it. I put too many men. I got it Me right. Me too. I put too many men. Oh, wait, no. I put illegal check to the head. Uh, yeah, I put. A, I, I just read too many men. Uh, but no, yeah, I put illegal checks to the head. Uh, I had no You got clue. men on your mind, right? <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Kind of sus. <laughs> Sussy. Bucka. Sussy. No. <laughs> no, so uh, that was fun. I like this thing. I wish I, uh, whatever his name is. Um, Sean McIndoo. Sean McIndoo. Can you please make more of these? That was a that's lot of fun. Chill. That was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, no. So uh, I was embarrassed. Five out of 16. Yeah, I mean, I got five out of 16 too. But there was so a lot yeah. of them that we were close on. Yeah, And definitely. it was one that was that he said that was right. But, yeah. you know. Um, but no, that's not my, that's, you know, knowing when to call a measurement um, is not what I want to know about these refs. I want them to be consistent. Exactly. You know, but uh, that that's another conversation for another day for us because, uh I took up too many of you guys' time with that Islanders talk there. So, uh, um, yeah, guys, if you guys had fun listening to us, uh, well, do you have anything else you want to say? I'm no, sorry. No, 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 I'm good. Yeah, guys. So, uh, yeah, if you guys enjoyed it, please leave us, um, you know, a follow uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it's Spotify or Apple Podcast. Um, if you enjoyed it, you think we're funny sometimes, you know, or if you think I'm annoying and you're like, oh, fuck this Islander fan, you know, send it to your friend to make fun of me. Um, Share it with your friends, like I just said, or share it on your Instagram. Tag us. Uh, we'll be glad to repost it. Um, if you guys can go ahead and follow us on Instagram at... The Clapper Report. T-H-E-C-L-A-P-P-E-R-R-E-P-O-R-T. Can you please use that in a sentence? Uh, the, the Clapper Report is the best podcast for hockey listeners. That isn't Elliot Freeman or Jeff Merrick. Yes, yes. So please... <laughs> please... Oh, hit it. Thank you. Thank you. So... Oh, no, that's gonna be our intro. That should be our intro. Our, our no, outro. I love our I'm sorry, our outro. All right, fault, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll keep we'll keep that as our outro. That's then. our outro button. Okay. Uh, so um, <laughs> yeah, guys, follow us on Instagram. Um, also, I've been tweeting a lot. I I never really plug my own things here, uh, just because uh, I feel like it's kind of weird. But uh, I've been tweeting a lot about hockey. So if you want to follow me at Damien Badzo on Twitter, um, I've been tweeting a lot. Uh, whether or not I'll keep it up now that the Islanders are out, probably not. So it's probably a waste of your time for me to even mention that. Uh, but no, we will stay active on Instagram for sure. Yeah. So be sure to follow us there. Um, 
and just DM us, guys. Let us know what you want us to talk about. Uh, you know, we, we have a couple of you guys on our DMs quite often, and uh, we, you know, we we certainly do appreciate it. And it makes us happy when we see you guys there. So, uh, you know, the more the merrier. Uh, we just want to grow this podcast into something more. You know? Yeah, and you know, for those of you who have been supporting us, you know, we got to give you a little round of yes, applause. Round of applause. Uh, we appreciate it, and uh, we hope you guys continue to listen. Yes, yes. So uh, stay tuned for next week. We're here every Friday. Oh well, we're recording every Friday, posting every Saturday. Now we're recording us at. Oh my God, we're posting mad late today, but it's fine. Oh shit, I just saw the time. It's totally fine. I'm cool with it. Uh, hopefully you guys are too and still listen. Uh, we'll see you guys here next week, right? Yeah. Peace, guys. All right, later. Beautiful ending. <laughs> <laughs>